What's up, everybody? Welcome to Cranked and Ranked, Nine Inch Nails, Part 2. Um, yeah, I, I like that. The people in the podcast world can't see the hand gestures. I won't even tell you what they were, but they were rude. I, I, I started with four. I really <laughs> screwed up there. That was me just saving face. <laughs> um, so yeah, welcome to Cranked and Ranked, as usual. Old Head, your host. With me, as always, Mr. Eddie Sparks. With you as always is Garth. <laughs> <laughs> e- Eddie Garths. Um, not <sighs> not Eddie Munson, ladies and gentlemen. This is the original Eddie, Eddie Sparks. Not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, this is going to be uh, Nine Inch Nails Part 2. For those of you who listened to Part 1, welcome back. If you're just here to hear the top albums, welcome um, we're going to be doing the top seven Nine yes. Inch Nails releases. Um, as I explained on the last episode, we basically just took all the original material. So all of the full-length albums that are original material and then the couple of EPs that are original material. So we left off all the remixes and singles and all these other things. I'm sure somebody out there, I'm sure there's probably some diehard Nine Inch Nails fans that have done an, an entire ranking or at least something about the entire discography. Because it's a lot, right? Hundreds? Yeah. Well, Is it hundreds? Well, here's the thing. Uh, Trent Reznor had the foresight to turn his fans into crazy collectors by giving every, well, most releases what's called a halo number. Yeah. And I think we're up to, like, the mid-30s now. In oh, it's only 30? we're at. All right. Uh, it's... Officially, yeah, but there's also he did a he did a separate thing called seed numbers, and it's like, dude, come on, man, you can't, <laughs> you can't you can't keep doing this to me. I've got most of the I actually fun, fun story. I don't know if I told this last time, but I literally walked in to my friend's record shop, and c- clearly they had just had like an ex diehard Nine Inch Nails fan who'd followed them right from down in it all the way up until about. Um, I like how you said survivalism. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, I have most of the CD singles nice. um, because I, I, I happened to walk into my friend's record shop and they were, they were just there on the floor. And I thought to myself, Jesus fucking Christ, I love Nine Inch Nails right now. And this was like directly when I had just gotten into them. I thought, I've got a little bit of money. And none of these are very expensive. I, I think I kind of wandered in on a situation where a guy didn't know what he had. Oh, and yeah. 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 I walked in and I just walked up to the counter like this. <clears throat> All these, please. <laughs> Be- because I was, you know, I was uh, a friend of his son's. He was like, tell you what, I'll give you some money off too. So I walked out of there with at least half of the Halo numbers, singles. Mm-hmm. And EPs and stuff for like thirty quid, which nice. That's not bad. Nope. That's not bad for all that that stuff. That's a deal. Yeah, that is a deal. And behind me, if you're watching the video, this is my the only Nine Inch Nails that I own. 
Um, I owned CDs and cassettes when I was uh, younger, but um, I've sold all of that shit and I never, I haven't gone back to recollect Nine Inch Nails except for my wife got me this, which is the reissue of Broken on vinyl. And this is the little seven inch that comes with it. Cause it's like the, the EP proper is on this. And then the two quote unquote cover songs are uh, on, um, on the little seven inch. Which makes this one of the rare times where I actually have more vinyl of a band than you do. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I'm 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 cool with that. I'll I'll, I'll get there eventually. But you know, it'll be, you know, I, I think I think everyone. No, barring the first couple, I'm going to talk about. I think my top five are all ones that I would like to have on vinyl. And, For sure. Um, but we're doing the top seven. So um, yeah, and we're not going to be talking about anything that starts with the word ghosts this time because we did all of them <laughs> last time. Yeah, um, pretty early in that I, one. <laughs> I feel like even really diehard Nine Inch Nails fans, I think the ghost things still fall low on the list. Because when you, when you become a Nine Inch Nails fan, that's not why you become a fan. Like you, most, most yeah. hardcore fans, especially old school hardcore fans, they got in on Head Like a Hole or Wish or March of the Pigs or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, so uh, anyway... We'll be talking about all of those releases that I just talked about on this episode because no, we didn't include any of those things. I don't think we included any 90s material in the last episode. No. So, um, or 80s. I guess Pretty Hate Machine was 89. So, True. um, so yeah, let's just go ahead and jump right into it. I'm sure there'll be some tangents in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do our best to derail things because some of you really enjoy that. Yeah, um, but but uh, let's just get started. And as usual, throwing it over to Eddie Sparks with his number seven Nine Inch Nails release. Cool. So my number seven Nine Inch Nails release is the slip from two thousand eight. Okay, and you know it's a it's a fun album, uh, and it was given away for free a few months after Ghosts. I yeah. believe it. I believe it was after Ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in a way, you know, it's it doesn't really come off so much as damage control for you know the ghost thing so much as it does to me for hey you know that was an experiment. Here's some more nine inch nails, e nine inch nails. Yeah. So, uh, starting off with uh, nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine, uh, which is an ambient intro track, and then you get a million. One, one million, yeah. <laughs> written out, uh, written out in ones and zeros, yeah. one um, and zeros, and commas. Oh, uh, those two. Yeah, yeah. It's you need it, otherwise it just it's hard to tell. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's um, this kind of pounding, fun, groovy, riffy one. There's a lot of there's a lot of that here. There's a lot of kind of um, garage rock sort of vibes on this one where it's like it's rocky but it's not heavy rock it's just kind of like riffy rock yeah uh, letting you uh, is a wild song rhythmically it feels like it's about to go off the rails at any moment uh just like this podcast um <laughs> uh we don't, we don't even we don't even have any rails you we know. don't have rails. We just, yeah, we just hurtle down. We, we might, we might do rails every once in a while, but you know, we're not, you know. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> yeah, party time. 
<laughs> you still got that bag I gave you, Steven? It's going to be a while. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, Discipline is a catchy alt rocker. Uh, Echoplex is this kind of introverted kind of alt rocker. <laughs> um, Head Down is this dancey rocking beat with like bendy, low tuned guitars. Lights in the Sky is this piano ballad. With but it has that distinct Trent Reznor Nine Inch Nails flavor. Yeah. Um, and then this is the part where all of a sudden, like, I can't help but feel as though these two next tracks are ghosts in disguise. Yeah. Uh, you you know it's Corona Radiata. Um, like I say, it's got a bit of that ghosts soundtrack vibe seeping into it. Can't help but feel as though. Uh, they ran out of space <laughs> in Ghosts. Uh, so they were like, ah, well, you know, fuck making a whole other disc for two more Ghosts. Let's just tack these onto the slip. Uh, you also get The Four of Us Are Dying, which is another ghosty thing. And that's about 10 minutes of a 40-minute album. So yeah. really, there's about 30 minutes of Nine Inch Nails, Nine Inch Nails on air. Um, and then finally, you get Demon Seed. Yeah, it's this funky, rhythmic, dark, dystopian rock closer. And mm. it has some similarities stylistically to Year Zero, you know, barring Year Zero being a concept album and this one being a bit more of just a stripped back, each song as it comes kind of deal. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's, it's fun. It, it It's enjoyable, but it's not one I would reach for unless I was really doing a Nine Inch Nails deep dive. So that's where it's at for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was in the last episode for me. It's, it's not, it's not one of the better ones to me, but, um, has its moments. Um, so my number seven, this is one that I think a lot of people really like. And when it came out, I just remember being kind of like, all right. And, um, Hmm. And that feeling hasn't really changed, even though overall I can see its qualities. Um, my number seven is With Teeth from okay. 2005, which is the fourth, you know, full length, like proper full length Nine Inch Nails album. Yeah. Um, following, this was following The Fragile, right? This was the first thing that he did after The Fragile. Yeah. Full um, six years later. Yeah. Yeah. And and some of it's got Dave Grohl on drums, which is cool. Like if you're going to tap mm. a drummer, why not tap one of the best, hardest hitting drummers? And, and that brings a good energy to the album. Now, the my problem with this album is that overall, like there's there's cool elements there, and there's cool songs on this album, but it almost feels to me like Diet Nine Inch Nails, like <laughs> same great taste but fewer calories. Um, it's like, it's just like the, and some of it is like real rehash seeming hmm. and lyrically speaking, I, I, some of it, I go o- old Trent would probably laugh at some of these lyrics because they're, they're, some of them are <laughs> not very good, but I mean, hmm. it, it is what it is. I just think that, that, um, something about this album just doesn't feel as dangerous or interesting or even forward thinking. This one feels very stuck. Almost like it's 2005, but it's still in the 90s for him. And he's like, well, I don't know how to get out of there. So I'm going to do with teeth. Um, 
it may come across totally different to other people, of course, but I just think, you know, the songs that ended up being the singles are like some of the most phoned in Nine Inch Nails songs I've ever heard. Hand That Feeds and um, with, uh, Only. Uh, Those are both only. songs that I just go, these are fine if somebody was given a homework assignment to make Nine Inch Nails kind of sounding songs, but it wasn't Trent Reznor. <laughs> this is what they would sound like. And mm. so they're fine, but, it, but it, I, I just expect a lot more. Um, and especially because once we get to talking about the fragile, um, my, I was, I was, my hopes were very high. I was like, what the fuck is he going to do this time? And it was kind of just, oh, here's an album mm-hmm. <laughs> with a, with some songs on it. Um, but, um, overall it just feels a bit empty. Um, and, and, and I just feel like every, everything he had done since then, I feel like each album in some way is pushing things a little bit forward. And this is the first one where I feel like he kind of just sort of was complacent and didn't really try to, mm-hmm. to do anything. Um, what I'm trying, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, there's always those sounds or those songs when you first hear the album that you go, Oh, I don't, I don't even know what to make of this, or hmm. this is a different thing. Whereas this one, there's none of that. It's all things that you already know that he could do. And he just did it again. Um, but yeah. it's done very well. Like that's the thing. It's a very well produced album. Sounds really good. Great performances on it. Um, it, it just may be a little bit too same old and, um, for what it offers, it's too long. Um, but it does yeah. have, its, it does have its highlights. I mean, the, the song getting smaller is fucking killer. Um, mm. I almost feel like you, you, we were, we were talking on the last episode about how we wish that every once in a while he would have a, a, a vibe and stick to it. So I almost yeah. feel, I almost feel like if he had taken out all of the ones that, cause like the ones where it has a real live band energy are really cool. If he had just taken yeah. all the other ones out and made this look, this is going to be a raw, almost like nine inch nails is a rock band album. Then yeah. I think it would have been a way to me anyway. I mean, it, it, it did very well for him and people really like it, but for me, it would have been, probably much higher on the list because those are the aspects of the album that I really like. Um, but, uh, but you know, it's got a lot of great shit enough to put it in this half of the ranking for me. Um, but I just feel like, um, it's the first one where I feel like maybe he, he couldn't quite figure out what he wanted the album to be. Um, yeah. And, um, and it kind of, you know, it, but for, for like, if you're wanting Nine Inch Nails, it's not a bad album to go to. It's just nowhere near the first one that I would go to. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why it's uh, rounding out the bottom half of, or the rounding out the bottom of the top. Whatever. Number seven. <laughs> Moving <laughs> on to your number six, unless you have any thoughts on all the things I just said. I like that one a little bit more than you, but I do agree that compared to their, their trajectory from 89 to 99, there is a distinct... I think you nailed it with the the diet nine inch nails. Yeah, where it's like, it's a little bit like sonically, it, it has its own vibe, but yeah. it is feel feels like it's playing it a little bit safe. Like it's yeah. an across the board sort of um, yeah, like if please they did, everyone sort of thing. Like if like if up until yeah. that point he had only been making R rated movies and now he made a PG thirteen movie. <laughs> It's like he's, you know, it's like there's a little bit of an edge yeah. there, but not not too much for so younger people can get into it, I guess. But I, I, suppo- I, I don't know if that was his. I, I'm sure that was not his intention, um, but yeah. 
Well, there, there's a there's a thing as well, you know, of that six year gap between the fragile and, you know, with teeth. He kind of metamorphosized from you know, skinny heroin addict to jacked fucking you know. The dude looks great, you know. He uh, he, he it's, for for a dude who already looked great. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. he's already an insanely good looking dude, and then he gets really in shape. It's like fuck you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these fucking people and their decent metabolisms. Like I, I have to, you know, I have to count my fucking calories because all it takes is me to fall slightly off the wagon and a stone is back on. Oh. Whereas you got these, you got these motherfuckers. Now, granted. There is an expiry date with some of these people where they eat like shit and they don't gain any weight and then one day, boom, out of nowhere, they're in horrendous shape in their, like, mid-40s like 40s after being skinny the rest of the time. Yeah. So, you know, for, for me, I've always kind of, like, for those who want a little, little peer into, you know, an insecurity of mine, I've always struggled with my weight a little bit, going up and down. Um... I've been particularly good this past year or so, though. Like uh, back in back when we started this podcast, I was three stone heavier than I am now. Oh, and yeah, I th- I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've been worse than I've been in years, and I don't even want to weigh myself <laughs> at this point. But it's, I mean, I'm I'm the same thing. I've been a chubby dude since you know I was probably you know a, a, a preteen. Yeah, hmm. I, I think that's probably when I first started to realize, oh, like my other friends don't have guts, <laughs> and I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like when I see now. I I know this is because they have no body fat percentage, but I you know you look around at skinny dudes and they look ripped with zero effort, and it's yeah. like, yeah, they're skinny, but like you know you stick a leather jacket on that motherfucker, he's gonna get chicks. God damn it! And I, it's, I, and it's I, annoying. I think <laughs> yeah, I think a thing that's helped me a little bit over the years though, I have my own issues with myself, and I and I hate it, and I wish I could be more in shape. But at the same time, I have to always remind myself that I'm into the bigger ladies. <laughs> so it's like, I'm not, I'm not yeah. out there being like, I want to, I want the, I want the girl who's like super fit with like rock hard abs. I'm like, no, that's fucking, that's not, you got, you yeah. can have them, you know, but it's so, so I have to remind myself like, well, quit being so hard on yourself because you know, you, you I, there's plenty of women out there that I go, man, she's pretty attractive. If she put on about 20 pounds, she'd be really hot. <laughs> Yeah, I'm 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 a I'm a curvy woman man myself. So, but yeah, I, yeah, it's like it when it comes to my own self image. It's not that I want to bang the head cheerleader. I just like to think that I could. You know, it's that self confidence thing. You I, know? I think I think for me now that I'm 44, you know, into my 40s now, it's more just like not dying is the is the thing that bothers me. <laughs> it's like yeah. you know, because like because you know, yeah. I just that's that's that that's the point for me. I'm like you know, I somebody just calling me fat. I'm like whatever. It's you know, it's hurtful for a minute and then I move on. Mm. But I'm all like I kind of like to be around for a while. So that's why like I'm you yeah. know usually trying to watch at least keep myself in some sort of you know yeah. range where it's not you know, scary. So, yeah, I, I, one last thing I, I, I tend to think about, and it, it, this comes back to, you know, you know, all it ever takes is, is like one person to turn around and say, Hey, you're, you're kind of the fat friend. And then immediately you're self-conscious for the rest of your life. Yeah. And like, no, no matter how much you lose, there is always that thing of, 
I could lose more. But, you know, yeah, I've, I fluctuate a little bit, you know, I kind of fell off a little bit. I'm back on it. I'm watching as many uh, 80s action movies with ridiculously unrealistic bodies in it just to give myself a little push. Yeah. Like, maybe if you had 10 hours a day where you could just pump roids and shrink your junk, you could have biceps <laughs> like that. But yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah it, it, with that. You that know, is a weird. That's gonna, a, that, who'd have thought the Nine Inch Nails episodes are the ones where we'd finally get on to our body issues? Fights <laughs> <laughs> fucking Trent Reznor's yeah. fault. Yeah, fuck you, Trent. Looking good in both body types, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, it, it, all power to him. He looks great. But yeah, um, my number six. Let's let's hop on to it. Yeah. Um, my number six is. Year Zero. Nice. Uh, now, the very first thing I want to put out there with this album is that it's an apocalyptic concept album from 2007, set in the year 2020 fucking two. Yeah. And I've got to say, <laughs> he's not far off. Like, some of this shit, like, I think to myself, Jesus Christ, like... This could happen tomorrow. Like, yeah. we just got to get to 2023, and it's another one of those dated references, but we've still got six whole months to get through before then. Yeah, uh, I, I, I love how with a lot of sci-fi movies, they've gotten smart now, and they're like, this takes place yeah. in the future at 40, 100, whatever. It's like yeah. 4,022. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's good. Give it a couple hundred years or a couple thousand years. It's just, you know... Just uh, give yourself some space because you don't want to be those people that made that movie and everyone's all like, yeah. where where are the hoverboards? So. <laughs> well, it didn't wasn't Judgment Day supposed to take place in 1997, like for in the Terminator universe. Oh, yeah, that's like that's kind of different, though, because when you're dealing with like a completely different timeline where it's like, yeah, it, these things happen because of an event in the movie. It's a little bit easier to swallow because I'm like, well, I mean, if that sort of shit actually did happen, then I, I it, it could be a reality. Um, yeah. And so, but where it's it, where it's different, where it's just like you know a, a lighthearted movie where they go to the future and everyone's got flying cars, and I'm like, well, you know, we're, we're, yeah. we're kind of we're just we're we're just now getting a, a grasp on the electric car thing. So let's uh, <laughs> let's wait a little while for the flying cars. Dude, as much as I'm like you know all for progress and stuff. The amount of times I've nearly been taken out on like zebra crossings by a fucking electric car because I just didn't hear it, <laughs> you know. Oh. <laughs> like there, there is that like one thing of don't certain like manufacturers actually artificially introduce a noise to the car? So I've that heard that. Can yeah, hear it, yeah. You know, um, which I, I mean, mean I which guess is, I guess that makes sense, but. I don't know. I play when I drive. I play music really loud, so it doesn't matter anyway. Like it's like you know, I'm not listening for car sounds most of the time. I'm more talking about you know crossing the street. You know the stop, look, and listen stuff. Oh, what did, just look both ways for you across the street. Yeah, but it's it. There was there there was this big like uh, when I was a kid. I don't know if if you guys had it, but there was this like uh, road safety thing for kids, and the mascot was a little hedgehog. Uh, and nope. um, yeah, he was like, we would get stickers of him like every year for like road safety. He, he, they were like reflective stickers that you put on your bike and shit, uh, or your helmet and stuff. But I remember always that the slogan was stop, look, and listen. And now it's like stop, look, and 
pray you don't have a very fast <laughs> car coming at you that you can't hear. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, times change. Uh, and with that, I'm going to talk about an album that hopefully doesn't come true, but I can see it happening. <laughs> I almost I almost feel like if he did a concept album about what 2022 is really like, it's actually more depressing than Year Zero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this decade's been kind of uh, strange so far. That's 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 under un- understatement of the fucking <laughs> century. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, hyperpower. Hang on, wait, no, I got I f- flubbed that hyperpower because yeah. it's it's all in it's all in um, caps. Uh, and that's when that's when how, the fucking uh, Rangers morph into the giant robot and they <laughs> battle whoever that's whatever. what dreams made of <laughs> that's, that's the that's at the end of that first power rangers movie i i know that yeah i've seen that movie my favorite thing about that power rangers movie is that they actually thought that there would be a reality where somebody comes to a bunch of kids and says your parents are all about to kill themselves and then they all go we have to stop it we're in real life they'd be like Great! We wanted to party. <laughs> have them all jump off a cliff. Who the fuck cares? That would have been a way different movie. But like in that in that, in that world, the kids are like, "Oh my goodness, we've got to save our parents!" All right, Power Rangers. Just this like alternate reality where like everyone's just an like belligerent dick, you know? Well, that's, that's what kids good, are. <laughs> that yeah, that's a good band name, dude. Belligerent dick. Belligerent dick. Oh, I actually yeah. really do like that. Ch- yeah, yeah, you that's gotta cool. ch- change your band name now. <laughs> yeah, we're belligerent dick. <laughs> I really do like that belligerent dick. Uh, it, f- it feels good coming out of the mouth. Yeah. Um, that's what she said. But, you know, or going into the mouth would be that she said, whatever, it doesn't matter. At this point, I'm just looking for a cheap laugh. Um, if she doesn't swallow, it comes out. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> this is dirty. Why would, um, you, why would you want to be yeah. with anybody like that? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Pussy. Chug. <laughs> um, belligerent dick. Belligerent really, dick, I, people. That really does have a, have a nice ring to it. That's it. That's that's our band. Belligerent gonna, dick. Belligerent dick. It's like citizen dick, but <laughs> way more way more belligerent citizen <laughs> dick. Uh, so yeah. Uh, where yep. am I? Uh, Number two, I think. The, uh, <laughs> the beginning of the end is as hokey as it is foreboding. Uh, survivalism is the is the big song from this album. Cool song. Love this. Love this tune. No, uh, this is the song I always think of when I think of this album. Yeah. Um, the Good Soldier and the bass goes boom. I, I always like that bit. Yeah. Um, Vessel is this groovy, creeping electro vibe sort of thing. Uh, me, I'm not. It's this industrial grinding groove. Uh, Capital G is a cool song with this fun swagger and like kind of sarcastic lyrics. It literally like from the perspective of a belligerent dick, <laughs> you know, um, my violent heart is this explosive kind of track. It's very dynamic. Uh, the warning, uh, there's parts of this album where like just a really cool riffy guitar shows up and I'm living for it. Yeah. Um, God given sounds like shaking your ass while the world crumbles to dust. <laughs> you know, I, I get that vibe from a lot of nine inch nails. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, mean, I what, shouldn't, what else are you yeah. supposed to do? 
Yeah, thematically, I shouldn't want to, like, vibe to this, but, you know, kind of kicks ass. Yeah. Um, Meet Your Master, like, hooky chorus, cool. Uh, The Greater Good, cool stuff here. It's got this menacing, sinister feel. The Great Destroyer, shit gets real around the two-minute mark in that song. Uh, Another version of The Truth has some spooky piano to it. In This Twilight, now those female scream samples are really unsettling, like, I I was hearing that and I was like, I actually feel uncomfortable in a good way. You know, it elicit like that thing out of you where you're like, oh, something bad's happening here in the story. Um, and zero sum, you know, kind of, you know, brings things full circle on a somber note. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's a really cool out there album. And, you know, I, I think I do need to spend a little bit more time with it. I think it perhaps maybe could move up a space uh with time but it's again it's one it's it's a victim of circumstance when i would say i love my top four albums almost equally Mm -hmm. there are just certain little things and it can change any day of the week but like my top four are the four i'm gonna reach for you know Mm -hmm. unless i'm like oh i haven't listened to this one in a while um that being said with that Year Zero is my number six of Nine Inch Nails. It There's is also, a lot of numbers. It's also here. my number six, Year Zero. Hey. Um, I agree with everything you said there. It's it's a really cool album, especially for me following um, with Teeth. This one hmm. is like much more focused, much more interesting. And to me, it almost feels like the first real Nine Inch Nails of the millennium where it's the it, it doesn't feel stuck in the past. It feels like he's starting to think about, all right, where am I going from here? And yeah. um, I, I just, re- I really enjoy that. And um, it's got like tons of cool ideas and, and a really enjoyable vibe throughout. Like the, it feels very cohesive as an album. I, I, I could give two fucks about a concept. I don't care. Um, but the overall, the actual meat of it, what what's happening in this album, um, it's, it's really enjoyable. It's not a hundred percent killer and it's too long for my taste. Um, mm. but it's one of those albums that has the potential to be a hundred percent killer. If he would just cut a few things out. Um, but you can mm. say that about like, I mean, we, we say it all the time, any album made, I don't know, yeah. po- post maybe 95 or something like that. You know, all of a sudden you know, most albums could do with a little bit of trimming, um, and we'll get to that in a minute with a thing that I have to say about a, another album about how our perception of the length of albums and what that means has changed mm. so much that, you know, cause I, cause I'm yeah. still, I'm still stuck with like a, a, a great album is normally going to be no longer than 40 minutes long. Um, yeah. 45 is pushing it, but, um, but there are some great albums that are 45 minutes, but even the best albums, with you know, from some of my favorite bands that have ama- has amazing shit on it. Once the once they get towards an hour or even more, that's from like, I mean, yeah, but you know, come yeah. on, if you it's you it just be- it, it becomes more of a commitment to your time. You know, it, it that's that's the thing. You know, yeah. it can be quite intimidating. That's like me with um. I mean, I've probably said this a thousand times, but like it's like me with load and reload. I'm very much like. This has a lot of really cool stuff on it. And even the deeper stuff, 
I find new things I haven't heard before. Yeah. Also, Sonic, also sonically, Load and Reload are really well recorded albums and really well produced. They sound mm. great, but it's just the length. Yeah, I, th- I think the length of those albums let them down uh, in a way, just because there's just simply so much to digest that it's like, you know, you could you could have spread this across three records, let alone two. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if anyone's interesting interested, we did a a, a grooved it. No, no. What was it? Slashed, Slashed and mashed of reload and reload. If you didn't watch it, um, go that was check great it out. fun. It was, and fun. I and I am smashed in that video. I don't know how uh, convincing <laughs> I was, but earlier in the day, I forgot that we were recording the podcast, and I got off my tits drunk. You, you held it earlier in well. the day. I I did, I did, and you know, I, I will say to those who didn't know, I can't remember if I mentioned it in the podcast, but. To those who didn't know, the only telltale sign that I'm drunk is like every now and again my face will do something like this. This is this is exclusively for the video watchers. I'll be there like, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. I'll be like, well, yep, I'm here. <laughs> but um, yeah, aside from that, yeah, it's now, a good now episode. Gotta, go fun. back and watch that episode and see how many times you do that. Yeah, it's it, it, once you hone in on it, it's hard to ignore. Yeah, <laughs> I went back and watched it, and I was like, "Oh man!" I don't. I yeah. hate it when people point out mannerisms of people like that because then I can't not see it. It's yeah. like it's like the it's like the the kid in Dazed and Confused who's constantly like touching his nose like all the time, and now I can't <laughs> not see it. The entire movie is like, "Oh man, oh!" And he just does it over and over again. I'm like, "Now, now I can't not see that <laughs> every single time." <laughs> You you gotta like make a drinking game out of it where like you do a shot every time he does that shit, and you gotta do oh. like a clown honk noise every time he does it. <laughs> oh, shot, yeah. Um, so I, yeah, you, you, could, you could do you could do that with me. I'm sure there's plenty of things that I do. I'll be like take a shot every time he messes with his hair or his beard. <laughs> You're gonna be drunk <laughs> in no time. Yeah, there you go. Take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> They're in the, uh, in the middle of a drinking game. They didn't even know they were playing. That looks like it's, prob- it's probably water. So, actually, it's it's just fucking straight vodka. I, I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, it is some still water. It's it's not from a bottle, <laughs> but you know, a uh, little bottle of water. Yep. Yeah, we don't need no we, teas. Yeah, we don't need teas. Teas don't exist in Britain. Fuck yeah. tea, pussy. Well, except for except leather. for a good Earl Grey or uh, oh, <laughs> chamomile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Forget I said anything. <laughs> uh, um, that is Number funny. Five. You know, Number five. Oh, go go ahead. What's funny? That is funny for a country that loves tea. We sure don't like saying the latter. You know, <laughs> it's, it's fucking weird. That's funny. Um, so yeah. I, it's, it's a, it's a thing that I, that I, it, sometimes I don't even notice it just because I grew up watching mm. so much British television that I'm just kind of used to it. Um, mm. but I mean, but to be fair, there are, there are British people who really pronounce their T's as well. So, mm. but you know, I, I, it's, it's cooler to leave them out. I don't know if it feels, yeah. it just feels cooler for, from, from an American perspective. I hear that and I go, man, that sounds cool. We sound really stupid the way we talk. <laughs> nah, you sound kick-ass, dude. 
And you know, and you know, and you know that our and our our uh, our accents are so easy to do because he, nowadays, like every single TV show I watch, I'm all like, "Oh, that's a British actor <laughs> doing an American." <laughs> Whereas if, when it's the other way around, the British accents are always so awful when Americans do them. It's like Bridget Jones or whatever. Where I'm just like, "Come <laughs> on, man!" I will say as as well. Like I know you know this is uh, is a tangent city, but like the amount of accents. In Britain, for the size of it, is oh, fucking yeah. insane. Like it's almost like, like if if I drove for an hour, you it would be a completely different dialect. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like you know, because I'm in, I'm in the southwest where a lot of people talk like this. I went down rows and got a pasty. I did as right on. Um, <laughs> whereas you know, whereas like the you know you go. You go up to where my where my girlfriend's from, and everybody talks like they're in Black Sabbath, and it's and is it's that Liverpool? <laughs> nah, nah, that's, that's Birmingham. A little bit of little bit of Birmingham. Oh, Birmingham okay, yes. Now Liverpool's at the Beatles. Oh yes, hey oh. Paul, let's get rid of Clarence and steal all his good ideas. Um, <laughs> I. Uh, um, <laughs> The, it, I guess that kind of happens here too, because if 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 I actually went and recorded people that live in different parts of Texas, you would. Mm. Well, I mean, everybody, a lot of people sound different than me, because I purposely mm. have tried to not have an accent because I think it sounds obnoxious. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, and so, but if you go, like I'm in Houston, but if you go to some of the smaller towns, even you know, hundred miles from me or whatever, you'll you'll hear like different way different like you like Matthew McConaughey he's from a small yeah. town in Texas and and um I don't I think it's West Texas where he's from maybe but they mm. have that kind of drawl like, like yeah, how he talks um yeah. but then you have other people that sound like fucking John Wayne or some shit you know but, <laughs> is that you John Wayne is this me <laughs> <laughs> who said that <laughs> um, but yeah, so I guess so it is it, it is it's like that here, too. But I just think that um, it's weird that I don't the, the differences are a lot more subtle. I feel like over in, in England, there's it, you sound like you're from a different country sometimes. Yeah, it's it's wild. Like, you know, sometimes I'll forget about an accent and then I'll hear it and I'm like, oh, yeah, where the where the fuck is that? You know, um, yeah, I'm I'm not good at all of them, but. I have a lot of practice practice with the Birmingham one because I like winding up my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> it's so so funny. What one time we were we were at a train station up, you know, in Birmingham. It was it was a actually it was the Birmingham New Street. It's a really big one. It's got like twelve fucking platforms. It's massive. But um, yeah, I remember you know walking with her, and you know, you know, my kind of Cornish accent came in a little bit. Right, and she was like, ha, "You, you, you say your R's funny. You say your R's really hard." And then I just went, "Chips and gravy. Can I have some <laughs> chips and gravy, please?" Right, and she said, "Shut the fuck up. We don't talk like that." Immediately over the intercom goes, "Bing bong, the next train to Birmingham Street." <laughs> and it was like I, I just did this like side eye turn, like. Yeah, you do. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's good it's good fun. It's good fun being a being a Brit sometimes. Language, am I right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, with, with that, where where are we at? Oh, five, um, my number five. Know. Okay, we so we're in the 
What we are we? Yeah, number five. Woo, sorry, that, that was a tangent that took me. I, I had to do one of your things when you're drunk. I was like, yeah. where am I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whose house is this? <laughs> um, yeah. So my number five is with the teeth. Oh, that was um, thanks, James. <laughs> yeah, well, I've I've got a little thing about that late, later on in the album as, as I'll get to it. All right. Um, so yeah, uh, starts off. Starts off very understated with all the love in the world. It's a very yeah. vibey kind of opener. It's mm-hmm. it's quite a stark contrast to you know what they've done with all the other albums leading up to it. Because Head Like a Hole comes in hard. It's a banger. It's a hard driving. Broken just goes completely. You know, starts off right from the get go with like that. Oh yeah, that's a. We'll get yeah. to that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and then you get the, probably the most brutal of the openers is Mr. Self-Destruct from... Um, yeah, yeah. Because uh, that thing is so dissonant and gnarly and distorted, but it's a really cool song. Well, listen, doesn't the um, Fragile start yeah. off with something a little bit more understated, if I remember right? Yeah, the whole well, the he, day the whole world went away. Isn't that the first one on on the Fragile? No, the, whole, the first one on the Fragile is... Um, Somewhat damaged. That's the one that goes. Too fucked up to carry You're right. You're right. No, you're not. You're right. You're right. I got the track order of that thing all fucked up. But yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's a big album. There's a lot of tracks. That is true. That is true. But yeah, you know, like I said, this is the first time that they open softly, and then immediately juxtapose that with the you know what you are, and so. You know what you are, uh, which is this. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's this double kicky wild track that totally juxtaposes the opener. Really fun, mm-hmm. really hard rocking song. Um, but like, I agree that there are some. There's just some moments on this album where I'm like, I don't really have a lot to say beyond the fact that you know it's Nine Inch Nails doing Nine Inch Nails. You know, I've got Collector, yeah. which is a cool song. Hand that feeds is this great alt-rock type track. It's really catchy, and it's no secret as to why it was a single. I, f- I feel um, like if I... Because it's what we talked about in the last episode where Trent has set the bar so high. So I think if somebody mm. else had done that song, I'd be like, that's a pretty cool song. But for Nine Inch Nails, I'd go, ah, you can do a little better than that, Trent. Come on. Y- yeah. There's not really a lot of, like, left turns yeah. with it. Uh, it's just a good, catchy song. Um, Love Is Not Enough, cool, droney rock. Now, I will say... A song that hit me at the right time was Every Day is Exactly the Same. Mm-hmm. I found myself really identifying with this during the height of the pandemic in 2020. Yeah. There was just something about the mood of it and the subject matter. And it was like I was I was living that song that I'd heard a long time before. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's it it's it's cool that, you know, I don't want to say the pandemic was worth me liking this song more but you know it's it's one of those times where you liked a song before and then you found meaning in it again and it gave it a bit of a second wind yeah Yeah. um and that was you know every day is exactly the same perfectly sums up um the pandemic for me because it was just like you know wake up stack shelves uh and that 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 right there is the very reason why like the people that make um, bo- like pointed or or 
or they take their opinions of music and and, and present them as facts. That's why it always yeah. bums me out because I'm just like, it, at the end of the day, it's quote unquote art. And, and that very thing is like a song that you heard and probably went, the song is cool. And then something happens and the song has way more meaning and probably becomes a way more important song to you. And so it's like, yeah. so it's like everyone's opinion on things. It's like, you know, I think the world would be a better place if people realize that the, what they feel about an album is not set in stone or the truth. Yeah. It's just your, it's just how you feel about it at that particular time. And so that's what, yeah, that that's the, you know, and that's, I feel like we do that with this, with this show. I think we, I think we present these as, you know, I think both for both of us, our music journey and our music taste, we're, we're, we're like, we're fluid. We're very fluid. Yeah. We're not, we're not, uh, you know, we, if there's a, if there's a spectrum, you know, we're, we're kind mm. of, in, we're kind of all over the place <laughs> Yeah. Um, when, it come, when it comes to how we feel about things. Cause it be, I think because it's your, you, you gotta be open to that kind of thing. That's yeah. the only way you're really going to enjoy music is being open to the fact that something you didn't like might become something you love and something you love 10 years later might be something you go, eh, that didn't age very well. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like, you know, the business, you know, if, if you're talking fact, if, if you want to apply any factual thing to music, it would be the business side of things. Sure. This made, this made X amount of money because X, Y, and Z songs sold, right? Yeah. Whereas, you know, on, on the flip side, you know, um, that song that I'd heard a solid six years before 2020 suddenly hit me in 2020 and now it's like my favorite song on the album yeah that is totally personal to me though i think it would be naive for me to assume that i am the only person that that song affected in 2020 because it affected everyone in 2020 yeah but um yeah there, it, there's there's actually one that's yeah that i i that similar similarly i had that with which that's a king's x song um I think it's on, I can't remember which album it's on, but it's called A Box. And mm-hmm. and the whole, the whole chorus of the song, you know, there is no room inside a box. Um, and the song is essentially about the, the bass player, you know, uh, having to be closeted with his sexuality. But, but, right. but it becomes a different thing just when you, when you feel kind of closed in by, by whatever it is. And I heard that yeah. song, I don't know. It might have been. It might have been like a year ago, where like something really clicked with me with that song, and now it's like one of my favorite King's X songs. And it's like, and it's one before that I just heard and went, "Yeah, this is good." But now it's like it's in my top ten of their songs. Um, it just, yeah. it just, that's just, you know, that's how it works. It's something, something happens in our brains and maybe our hearts. I don't know how it works, you know, with all that, all that science. But you know, I like the fact nice. that it's hard to explain. I love that it's hard to explain. Exactly. You know, because at the end of the day, you know, I can't, I can't describe why, you know, I like the sound of like a big ass 80s snare drum. My ears just respond to that well, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, a lot of people don't like the 80s gated reverb snare drum and prefer a much drier snare sound. Mm-hmm. I, I believe there is room for all snares. You know, yep. I'm not a I am not a snare fascist, but you know, 
Um, yeah. It, Speaking I, of snares, there's a lot of yeah. snare on with teeth because you got good old Dave Grohl yeah. pounding away at the skins there. Yeah, yeah. Good, good way to get this train <laughs> back on the rails. <laughs> yeah, because I got kind of, I, I had a Will's, I, I had an Eddie's drunk moment again. We uh, that's all right. I feel. I feel. I mean, we, we have to lean in. You, you said you said yeah. earlier before the episode that some some podcasts you you get to know the people so well that you would rather hear them talk about whatever than actually stick to the subject. And I feel like we yeah. have a few of those out there, at least a handful of those. And so th- you know, th- let's <laughs> lean in, lean into the conversation. Thank you for helping me land that plane. That was very helpful. Yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, so we we got with teeth the title track uh, with the teeth ah. Like it, it definitely sounds like Trent doing a Hetfield impression. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know that James James Hetfield owns ah on everything. You know, yeah. I'm gonna wake up in the morning ah, and pour some cereal into a bowl. Ah, you know, it feels good it's, though. It does, but like Hetfield is undeniably the guy you think of when you do that. You That's know? true. Or 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 like I yeah I don't know if you noticed this, but little kids. Do that when they get whiny. They go, Noah. Noah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like the the grown man version. The grown ass man version of that is like, your luck runs out. Oh, man. I I remember like just cycling back to the accent thing a little bit. (laughs) I remember one time there was this girl from like a, a more northern area of England and uh, it was so funny. Whenever, like, she would disagree with someone, she had this, like, amazing way of saying no, which is, no! And I was just <laughs> like, that's fantastic, dude. No, there, don't put it there. You know? There are some yeah. There are some, uh, some British accents, and I think one of them that, that recently that I, that, you know, from a recent show was one of the ladies in uh, Ted Lasso, she yeah. she pronounces O's really weird, and I I kind of like it, but it's like a no, uh, like she does like sort of something yeah. like that. And but it's I can't I don't obviously I don't know the dialects I don't know where it's from, <laughs> but there's like there's that certain way that I'm like that's really interesting that they elongate yeah. vowels when they don't need to be elongated at all. But yeah, uh, I'm trying I'm trying to remember what the Welsh accent is, and I know I'm going to embarrass myself because I, I can't remember it. But you, you ever seen Gavin and Stacey? No. That's it's a it's a funny show. It's it's got James Corden before he became a pariah. <laughs> oh, I I, um, I know basically nothing about that guy except for he's the guy that sings in Cars. Yeah, he he's good in <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's uh he's he's funny in that. Um, okay, I think yeah, Gavin and Stacey is is funny. I've heard but, of it. Uh, but I I didn't. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was an American show. So yeah, go. now it's it kind of, kind of plays off the uh, you know. England versus Wales stereotype sort of thing. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's a fun show. Um, uh, So yeah, Only Mm -hmm. is a funky ass song. Always thought the video for it was really cool. Like where he's he's like, he's like coming through one of those things where it's got a bunch of those little metal pins and you would like push your hand into it and it would have like a perfect imprint in your hand. Um, Yeah. Cool. Uh, where are we at? Getting Smaller. It's a kind of punky one. It's a great song. Uh, Sunspots is this slow grooving rocker. The line begins to blur. A vibey one. Beside you in time. Dreamy vibey one. And then right where it belongs, 
I will say, is a surprisingly nice-sounding song melodically, you know. Obviously, with Nine Inch Nails patented, distorted stuff in there somewhere, but Mm -hmm. melodically, it's a very um, nice-sounding song. Yeah. But yeah, you know, yeah. I'd say this is the last album where I've got anything very critical to say, Mm -hmm. uh, because four onward... The I mean, you know, we've we've narrowed it down. It's the first four yeah. original material releases, you know, from eighty nine to ninety nine. But you know, the order of that is a mystery until I get to it. But over to you for cool. your number five. All right, yeah. My number five um is the nineteen ninety nine album The Fragile or The Fragile, depending on where you're from. Um yeah. a double album, which but but this is what I was gonna talk about. Like if if you say double album and then you go back and you're like, oh, the the I don't know the the wall is a double album, but it's still like only a third as long <laughs> as the fragile yeah. or something. So this is more of like a triple album, really, because like th- yeah. just with, with CD, I don't know, with long ass CDs, this is like that's the thing that like people are even today like oh it's a double album. I'm like this is two hours long. That's not a double album. That's like a quadruple yeah. album. Um, <laughs> but any but that being said, um. When this album came out, it for me it was in heavy rotation. Um, yeah, it was, and it was perfect because you know the. I used to say this all the time: not Nine Inch Nails, up to a certain point. I wouldn't say they make that kind of music anymore, but it, but in 1999 they were still making music that I would refer to as sad dude music. Um, yeah. Because if you are a sad dude, there is so much to to latch onto in early Nine Inch Nails. Um, yeah. And I was going through like a sad dude period. I was going through like one of the most difficult relationships and like a slow ending one where, yeah. you know, I was one of those dudes getting treated like shit and just like holding on, trying to, the inevitable That's was what, happening, uh, yeah. but I was still the guy that was like, I'm just going to put up with this because maybe we'll come out the other end. And I, I don't know. Um, but it, it didn't. And in, and in, mm-hmm. in it, sometime in 1999, it ended up all kind of falling apart and I got dumped. And so the fragile was an album that I just kind of felt it when it came out. I was like, Oh, I kind of yeah. get the vibe of a lot of these songs. Um, but the overall, this is an amazingly well-produced album, has a lot yeah. of really good songwriting on it. The only thing I can say now, you know, what is it, 21 years later or 23 years later? I don't know, uh, whatever the math would be. Um, 23. Yep. Some, of it, some of it now, to me, hasn't aged well in the fact that an album that I thought was pretty solid all the way through. Now I'm like, Oh, it does have some weaker moments here um, Mm -hmm. that weren't really apparent at the time. But now I'm like, yeah, this is a, this is definitely uh, we could definitely do a slashed and mashed on this album and make it a fucking phenomenal album. Um, But, but overall it's still a very, very strong album. Um, Especially because this is one of the few albums I could think of where I could, if I listed probably my top 10 songs from this album, some of them would be instrumentals. Hmm. And it's like, what other albums can I think of? I mean, maybe Metallica would have, you know, songs that I think instrumentals are strong, but there are just interludes or extended interludes or whatever that I hear today. And I go, that's so good. 
which you know, which 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 kind of you know it, it tells you like my thoughts on like ghosts the ghost stuff. I'm fine with things being instrumental, but there has to be some yeah. sort of meat to it where it feels like it needed to be instrumental. And the way that this album is mapped out and the way that these songs play, um, it's just, it's really great. Um, yeah. It's, it, it doesn't have any bad songs, but like I said, it could be condensed into an unfuckwithable album, but there's just so much good shit in here. Um, and it's got, to me, it kind of... Um, expands a little bit on what he was doing with the downward spiral. Um, yeah. this, this one to me, my, when I get to talking about downward spiral, my, my praise of that will be miles above the fragile. Um, but I, I just like the fact that he set forth with all of this material and, com- and compiled this long ass album that I would say, you know, f- for the most part, it, it, there, there, there aren't any like, definite throwaway tracks. There are just tracks mm. where I go, eh, this one, this one I could leave behind if we could skip to this next one. Um, and that's something to be said, especially, you know, you know, in, in 1999, like the music that was happening in 1999, um, was, you know, new metal and Eminem yeah. was real popular and things like that. It it wasn't this, this kind of music was not popular at the time. Yeah. Um, I guess it was a little bit cause it's a little bit, you could, you can latch on to the new metal and, you know, alt, alt metal yeah. kind of thing, I guess. There, there's some like, <clears throat> it's funny because, you know, nine inch nails, by the way, the fragile is my number four, so we can just camp out. Oh, on sweet. Zone. Let's just, yeah, let's just yeah. move it on over. <clears throat> but yeah, it, it's like, a, like I was saying, there's so many qualities about Nine Inch Nails that you can find in a bunch of new metal bands. Yeah. But Nine Inch Nails never, ever went new metal. They never fell into... I mean, I suppose Trent never fell for it, you know? Trent yeah. stayed true to his vision and, you know, didn't tack himself onto anything. Because really, you know, barring just coming out as an industrial artist to start off with you know because at the end of the day a genre is just used for people to find similar bands yeah really that is the sole purpose of a genre existing that's why that's why you no longer get thrash you get uh crossover thrash teutonic thrash blackened crustened deathened thrash you know just like all all this shit you know so it's just a way for people to find stuff but i always and i'm sure and i'm sure the the, yeah. the industrial enthusiasts would probably have a subgenre for nine inch nails they, it's, it, yeah. it may not be considered legit industrial because like, there's other industrial music that's really harsh yeah and isn't isn't right. like song related um yeah and then like, nine inch nails Robin gristle is, is an example of that yeah yeah it's almost like nine, nine inch nails for lack of a better comparison is the metallica of industrial I you know, was about to say the same thing. Yeah, they 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 took something that commercially isn't um, like it would be a it would be a hard sell to a mainstream audience to just walk in and say, "Here's an album of noise." Right? Yeah. He took that and made it accessible, and that's you know really cool. Obviously, as he progressed, he got a little bit more avant garde with his composition, but I mean. Pfft, Let's talk about the fragile man. Yeah, this yeah, is an album. Yeah. This is one of those albums that, like, 
you know that you like, but I forgot to listen to it for a long time. Yeah. And now going back through it, I'm like, damn, dude, this is so good. Um, so as I said, these four albums onward are basically on a I love you for all different reasons basis. Uh, yeah. This is the longest of that lot, as it is, like you say, a double album, the length of a triple or quadruple album, which <laughs> yeah. you, you're not you're not wrong at all. Yeah. Um, I, I think the the very rare vinyl version is is three discs. So, yeah, yeah and make makes sense. You can fit way more on a CD than you can on a vinyl side. Um, so yeah. So let's start off with uh, the left disc. Yeah. Because we didn't it, Nine Inch Nails uh, does shit different. You don't have well, one and two. Also, you went left and right. When you bought the CD, it opened up like this, and there was yeah. left disc and right disc, and so yeah. it was. It actually had to do with the packaging as well. He, I mean, he he puts a lot of thought into his stuff. He does, uh, and I I appreciate that little extra level of attention to detail. Yeah. from you know an artist you know who ties things in visually, uh, and and tangibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so somewhat damaged, understated yet super heavy at the same time great way to kick off the album yeah i don't know how you can have something that like simmers and boils while you know having something like go in there like i love when that shit kicks in i think oh yeah god damn dude um the day the world went away immediately follows that up and it's this airy spacey song i love it um but with like a really uplifting chorus as well. Um, yeah. You know, the, the the frail is this uh, little piano interlude. It's really nice. And then leads into the wretched. I love the menacing vibe of this song. Yeah. It gives me like stealth mission, secret spy vibes. Mm-hmm. But then like that guitar is just so good. Mm-hmm. Um we're in this together is a fantastically written song. Super yeah, fucking it's catchy. like the it's like the I mean it was the single off the album, but also it's like yeah. it's got single material, but it does it it's to me it's a really well written single and do, yeah. and doesn't doesn't feel out of place on the album, so it works. Not at all. Yeah, for sure. Hey, nailed it. Um, the fragile. Yeah, you know, I won't let you fall apart. Mm-hmm. But I love the like weird time change he does in there as well, <clears throat> where he just like apart, ah, uh, you know, yeah. jumps immediately back into it. There's always like, there's always something off that fits that in inexplicably well. That to me, that's my relationship with Nine Inch Nails. The thing that really made me love the music was. Things that at first listen, you go, how does that go there? Or how does that work? And then it becomes a thing. It's 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 pretty much informed a lot of like them and a few other yeah. bands are are really the reason why the, the things that really get me excited that are like dissonant or discordant or whatever word you want to throw in there. Yeah. Because um, like even from album number one, he puts in guitar or key parts where I go. Those notes feel really weird and strangely pleasing at the same yeah. time. And he does he, he's so good at doing that shit. 
man. It like oh, God damn, dude. Just like you imagined is an instrumental. It's quite proggy, actually. Again, it with those like weird time changes. Yeah. Uh, even even deeper. A little bit little bit of trip hop here. Trip hop mm-hmm. anyone? Um it is nineteen ninety-nine. Mm-hmm. Uh Pil- Pilgrimage feels like a much more fleshed out version of Pinion from Broken. And I love the evil sounding melody. You know, it sounds like an apocalyptic future where man and machine are at war, you know? Whereas, you know, it's it's just got this like <clears throat> it's just got such a cool vibe to it. Has has Trent ever scored a sci-fi movie? Because it seems no, like he, he needs he, to. I, uh, I think he might have, but I I will say this, and this ties into the whole 2022 thing from earlier, really ties well together. Um, so the Call of Duty games were a staple of my early teen years, mm-hmm. and um, I remember the excitement around the release of Black Ops 2, which was the first of the games that was set in the future. <clears throat> the not so distant future mm-hmm. back then it came out in 2012 when i was 14 years old right the future it's set in is 2025 oh getting, we're not that far from that we're not that far from you know drones becoming self-aware and having to go to war with them it was basically um tying the terminator plot with the characters from a Cold War era game, you know, the first Black Ops is Vietnam War, mm-hmm. Cold War shit. And then, you know, years later, there's younger soldiers that team up with the older soldiers. And yeah, it's it's cool. But um, <clears throat> like I say, Trent Reznor actually scored the music for Black Ops 2. Oh, okay. Which is where, where I was heading with that. That's and, cool. Because um, it just seems yeah, like he, he has a vibe that I just feel like he could just add that. Because I love horror movies like, you know, fucking John Carpenter. John, Car- John Carpenter's, the, yes. the, the, the music he decides to put in his movies. I'm always just like, I, I don't want a horror movie that doesn't have that kind of music. I don't, yeah. he, there doesn't need to be a big orchestra. I want some dirty ass synths and weird pianos or whatever, <laughs> you know, in the, in the soundtrack. So I don't know. He seems like he'd be a perfect fit. Hell yeah, man. I mean, I'm, I would think that he has probably done some sci-fi soundtrack work mm-hmm. by now, you know, for how long he's been doing it. Um, then you get, no, you don't feels like a cross between groove metal and the matrix <laughs> you yeah. know it's 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 one of those things where i'm like oh fuck like this is a pantera ish riff but it's got like um you know running past um you know doing crazy gymnastics moves around lasers drum beats to it you know uh that this was the sa- wasn't this the same year as the matrix 99 isn't that when the matrix yep. came out yeah. Yeah, which which makes this album feel really like forward thinking. Like mm-hmm. um but yeah, uh like I said La Mer is uh this whimsically dark piano with this groove that has no right going that hard and I, I love, love that it, it, yeah. you start you, like, you just go first cuz you may you might be saying what I'm going to say. It teases the riff for Into the Void which appears on the next disc. Oh, and yeah, I love yeah. little things that tie the album together like that that do 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 do
And then um, the grate below is this somber side closer. And before I jump into the right disc, what were you going to say? Oh, no, I was basically going to say what you were saying about how <laughs> I love... Because I, I don't think that's the only song that does it, where there's a... There's a, a, a whatever you call it... A, Light motif. What? Yeah, what do it's something that repeats or something that that. Uh, yeah. Um, what is it? Foreshadows something that's coming, and I I just that's cool when he does that. Yeah, I love that too. Um, so without further ado, the right oh, disc, right disc, yeah. Which 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 I have, admittedly paid less attention to, as unfortunately as as a circumstance of its placement being the second half of the album you know there's there's been yeah. so many times where i've said to myself i'm gonna listen to the fragile and i do the first disc and i'm like i got stuff to do man <laughs> like, and, then you, and you come back but, to it again and you're like i can't just start on the second disc i gotta go back yeah, to the yeah first. exactly <laughs> it's that it's that whole thing of like whenever i dig out use your illusion one and if i listen to that one i'm like i kind of gotta do two now yeah. That's why very I, often these days I'll start with two so that like if I have the, I have the option there I've I have this weird thing where like I almost humanize the songs that I don't want to treat them unfairly no, like I, yeah I, I'm with you I, I want to give a fair amount of my time to everything they've done you know um that I feel is worth my time I, I think that yeah. even, even though I've heard this album in its entirety a lot I, I I think I'm with you I think I've listened to the first disc a lot more or the left disc mm. a lot more yeah, it's it, again. It's a it's a victim of circumstance. But there are some songs on the right disc that I have actively just stuck on. Yeah. So um, let's let's jump into it. So uh, the way out is through. Is this atmospheric building kind of track? And then into the void. I love this song. Mm -hmm. I remember the first time I heard it, I was like, oh. Stank, stank riff face, man. Oh, I like that. It's, it's just, it's just so fucking dirty, you know. When I, when I hear it, I'm like, Trent's gone funk, and I love it, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, like in his own way, but like, oh, just the groove in that song. That's probably my favorite song from the Fragile, mm -hmm. next to the Wretched. But um, yeah. Where is everybody? Is a real head nodder. That groove is really tasty. Yeah. That's the thing with a lot of Nine Inch Nails. There's a lot of groove to it that you know I don't actively think of, but when it comes on, I'm like, "Ooh, damn, yeah. dude!" Um, the mark has been made. Is this cool, menacing, sinister thing? Please is full on alt rock, and then immediately after you get Starfuckers ink or stuff fuckers incorporated yeah which is one one of the wildest and heaviest nine inch nail songs to not appear on broken because this would have been right at home yeah um complication is heavy electro rock i'm looking forward to joining you finally is this understated groover the big come down is this big janky jerky thing uh <laughs> yeah i couldn't think of a, another way to describe it but yeah uh, underneath it all is a, is another alt rocky groover, and then ripe with, with decay. decay. Yeah, yeah. This oh, the closer literally it does what it says on the tin. It literally sounds like decay, uh, and I mean, dude, this, this in terms of like re listen, re listenability. I love this album because I hear yeah. something new every time. There's so much to unpack. There's there's so much to do. I would love to do. A slashed and mashed 
but I also love it exactly the way it is. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So you know, if if you have anything left to add to the fragile, um, no, nah, I mean it's a it's a it's yeah. an experience, and it's one of, it's one of the. I don't know. I uh, it's 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 it it's an album that like has has a vibe to it just because of my life at the time. Um, but um, hi- hindsight has given me that little. It, it's it's lower. It actually went lower on the list than I thought it was going to go because like I have a lot of memories attached to it. But you know, yeah, picking it apart, you know, twenty three years later, that's when I'm like, ah, okay, all right, it's it's not perfect. So. <laughs> Um, but funny enough, the one that ended up being my number four, um, I don't know if this is controversial or not, or, or, or strange, um, that this is in the top four. Uh, but my number four is hesitation marks from 2013. Cool. Um, and this one is a, when it came out, I just, the first couple tracks that were released from it. I'm just like, I, I could not stop listening to them to where I was like looking forward to the album. Cause I'm just like, wow, these are something about these songs. It's like, it's almost like it's a, it's like, it's, it's got a classic vibe to it, but also it feels pretty fresh and, and still him kind of thinking forward on what he's doing, but almost like trying to make, a classic nine inch nails album with his current mindset. And yeah, uh, to me it works. I mean, even the artwork looks kind of like the downward spiral only with different colors. Yeah. Um, and, um, it's just like jam packed with memorable songs with like hooks in so many of the songs. And I, and that shit that I'm a pushover for things like that. (laughs) Um, to me, like this is the closest he's come in this millennium to making something that feels like classic Nine Inch Nails, um, almost like a, it's like a like if you looked at Pretty Hate Machine through the lens of the downward spiral, you yeah. would get hesitation marks. Um, but yeah, even the songs that aren't quite as strong, like have a really good enjoyable quality, and this is an album that has for me grown where I really liked it in the beginning, but anytime I revisit it, it's just got so much shit that just still hits me. Like this is really good, really well done. Um, it's definitely too long. I'm gonna throw that out there. Um, (laughs) but I would say there's no full on skippers. There's no skips on this album. Um, but yeah, it's just a solid cohesive, you know, pleasing yet forward thinking nine inch nails album. Um, and, uh, and it had, it, it gets this high just because it's become such a go-to, um, late, late in the game. The fact that like, you know, in 2013, he put out an album that has now become one where it's, it's a go-to Nine Inch Nails album for me. So, um, Hesitation Marks ends up, um, being at number four, which means that we have the same top three, but, but will they be in the same order? Find out next time on Crate Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so now for me, my Nine Inch Nails journey is a very personal Nine mm-hmm. Inch Nails journey. Yeah. And my number three is going to, you know, it, it made it to the top three. 
but it is considered, you know, their masterpiece at the same time. My number three is The Downward Spiral. Okay. And I fucking love this. Uh, to me, it's 10 out of 10. Everything yeah. here onward, 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Like, I would I would even... I would give The Fragile at, at least a strong 8 or 9. But this is like... I can't fault a single minute of anything going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so... This album's really clever. It's a concept album about a dude that goes fucking mental. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> without further ado, um, Mister Self Destruct. Holy shit! What an opener! It just rips you apart. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is just so abrasive and full of rage and hate and like of songs that you know. <sighs> This sounds mean, man. Like, especially the end where everything goes fucking... And then all of a sudden, you've just got those looping, wildly dissonant... Like, tapped guitars and stuff. Yeah. Right after that, I thought to myself, we went from, like, a dark version of uh, synth pop to this in the space of five years and three releases. Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that whole thing, of, you know, quite clearly not. No. <laughs> but, plus, plus uh, I don't, I, I don't, you know, th- I don't know how much this actually played into it, but you know, it's, it's famously written that he moved into the Manson family murder house Yes, I think he yeah. moved into it when he was working on Broken and opened and, ha- and had the studio going there. But then he'd been living there when he did. Or I, I yeah. guess he was. I guess he was also living there um, when uh, when he did the Downward Spiral. And it seems super appropriate for the album. Yeah, but I do. I do it's have to say. Wild. I do have to say that 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 um, several years. I don't know how many years ago it was. I I read an interview with Trent where he talked about how he's kind of. Um, embarrassed about that fact that he moved into that house for whatever reason. Um, well, it's and, like he's looking back on it like you fucking edge lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's like so it's an interesting aspect of the album. But personally speaking, as a person, if I was Trent's friend, I'd be like, oh, "Come on, dude." <laughs> you know, but uh, but yeah, and he, so because I guess because he f- eventually felt like he was. Use using the murders as kind of like a um oh isn't this fascinating that I that I'm recording my album here and you know and kind of kind of cheapening the deaths that happened there um hmm. and turning it into like you know making it his own gain you know artistically speaking but but I don't, I don't there's something about it that I'm just like okay I, I'm down for that but you know I also see both sides of it where it's a little bit cheap but also very interesting well Here's the thing. What started to really sell in the mid '90s, edgy shit. You know, oh, you, yeah. like it's you know that the the whole. I'd say the whole. You know, look how angsty and edgy thing. You know, really took off in '94 because like a lot of a lot of people blame the grunge bands for that. I would I would say it was more like the kind of new metal era that that really has the teen angst thing. Well, to shit, it. there were there were there were politicians who were pointing out Nine Inch Nails songs as being a cause of problems with young people. So I mean, I think yeah. songs on this album actually, if I remember right. I mean, 
controversy sells, dude. Like, yeah. if you wanna if you wanted to sell units, you you didn't shy away from that parental advisory. I mean, fucking L seven put flames around theirs, <laughs> you know. Uh, yep. And that's how you do it. You own that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so immediately following Mister Self Destruct, you get Piggy. Oh, Which you know f- that is the transition I, between those. Just going from that track to Piggy, I'm just this is so yeah. perfect. It feels, boom, yeah, because it's so at that point boom, that was yeah. so uh, such an unexpected turn, but also yeah. like also you're just like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like it's it's so cool. I mean, it's you know, following up that blast of rage and hurt that the opener was with this sneaky, underst- understated gem is yeah. fucking genius. Um, then it, you get Heresy. I fucking adore this song. Everything yeah. I love about Nine Inch Nails is in this song. This is probably my favorite song on the on the record. You know, those arpeggiated synths in the verses. That was almost a spot on. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what, am I listening <laughs> to the album <laughs> now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, I love it so much that I even based last episode's later dude around it. And you did a fantastic well, fucking version. And I thought about trying to use the, the, the notes from the actual song, but I'm like, oh, are we going to get blocked <laughs> if it's too close? Yeah. <laughs> also, I, I kind of like how ours was its own thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I, th- I think you... The the uh, like grainy industrial overlay that you added as well yeah, was yeah. that was a nice touch. If, um, if you don't know what we're talking about, just go watch the last like minute of part one of Nine Inch Nails. If you're if you're listening to this as a podcast, you, well, you heard it in the yeah. podcast too. The actual audio is in the podcast. Um, yeah, you just you just don't hear it. You just don't see the the video filter I used. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it was an inspired moment. Fun. Yeah, man. We're going to have to step our game up after that. <laughs> uh, We're going to be putting yeah. out a compilation of the best later dudes for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> we should do that, dude. <laughs> like, oh. like, it, like the next time we have an anniversary, like the third year anniversary, we'll have to put out a video of like every later dude in uh, fucking cranked and ranked history. That's going to be fun. That's an undertaking, gonna, but I'll do it. It's going to start out with me being this like nervous kid. And well, in the beginning, just it was like, just like, yeah. later, dude. Later, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then I started impersonating the singer of whatever band it was, and it just kind of grew from there. Yeah. But, like, last time I couldn't think of anything, so I just, like, turned the chorus of Heresy into fucking later, dude. It worked. Um, oh, man. Uh, March of the Pigs. This song. Yeah. Yeah. Rhythmi- that, that's a fucking insane. table flip, like, of a fucking song. Yeah. Like, it's literally, like... How old at ninety four? We're go, we're we're approaching twenty years or thirty years of this yeah. album, and that song still goosebumps. Mm. And I'm just like, how? how it, can he, that's that's one of the things is that you know whatever you think about Nine Inch Nails, if it's not your cup of tea, like some of his songs have just such yeah. a timeless energy to them that just never dies to me. It never it never yeah. loses any of its of its um, potency. So. Mm. love that song but it's it's just like how how he thought to go from doesn't it make oh, you feel yeah. better yeah and the music video fucking yeah. rules too because he, it's it's played One live take. 
it's in one take. Yeah. And and I just like the fact that he goes around, and he just randomly hits the keyboard and you know throws yeah. the mic and stuff. I like that. Those are like the things. Like like I love. I mean, for the most part, I'm all like, okay, give me a real music video. But occasionally, a song, if it, it's it fits so well to just have some sort of chaotic performance as the as the music video. Every band needs at least one rage room fucking video they they need an i'm broken you know just that aesthetic of yeah just the band going nuts as themselves you know but also that's a testament that's a testament to how good a live band he'd put together because that even in that video like they sound so good so Mm. that's always been his thing absolutely wild show it's funny actually the rest the other two dudes in my uh, band called Sage were putting together some stuff and uh, a little bit of a plug there. But they actually recently went to see Nine Inch Nails, totally independent of us doing this. And I and they they basically said, "Oh, we're going to see Nine Inch Nails," and I was like, "Dude, how fucking weird is this? We're doing Nine Inch Nails for the next two episodes of Cranked and Rank." Yeah. And uh, yeah, so uh, you know, got got some cool shit on the horizon. Uh, cool. With 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 that, you want you want you want to plug your socials for that. You want to get people on board. I'm sure some people will go find you. Yeah, uh, Sage on Facebook. I think we're on Instagram. Uh, it we got like, it's like three dogs. It's like three poodles. Like it's a Cerberus, but with a poodle. Is there uh, for the URL? Is it like Sage Band or Sage something? Because it's you know it's easier to find if they have the actual. Let's let's Dang. have a let's have a quick look. Let's let's just look here. Because to be fair, there's there's quite a few one word bands out there. <laughs> did ah, you yes? Did so, you guys Google so the fuck out of the band name Sage? By the way, <laughs> nah. We we actually just decided it. It's got so many. Uh, it's a word with a lot of different meanings, and it's also the name of the Radio X DJ in GTA San Andreas. Oh, and we, you know, we 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 thought you know have a fun little nod there. Um, cool. But we, we always liked that, you know, Sage is a herb. It could also be, uh, you know, a radio DJ or a wise old man that wanders the plains in search of knowledge, you know. Oh. It's all sorts of all sorts of different shit. It's uh, a cool the, name. Um, yeah, so it's face, facebook.com slash uh, Sage. For- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is the... Hang, hang on, wait, let, let me... Let me look it up on uh, thingy so I don't so I don't give the the wrong thing. Uh, Sage, uh, please hold everyone. Yeah, please. Get your get your get your browsers ready to go find this page and like it, um, and then when when Sage blows up and becomes the next um, BTS, uh, you <laughs> will say you were there on the ground floor. I'm making a real ass of myself right now. I don't apologize. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, it is uh, facebook.com forward slash uh, sage, that's S-A-G-E, and then Kerno, which is K-E-R-N-O-W, which is the uh, original Cornish way of saying Cornwall. Uh, oh. It's K-E-R... N O W, a little bit of little bit of Kerno here. There you go. So, so I every, have everybody go, everybody go find, find it. 
Maybe I'll maybe I'll put it in the description also of the video. So. I, I, I say from my bunker in an undisclosed location. <laughs> <laughs> Don't find where I live. <laughs> this is an open invitation to not come to my house. Okay, <laughs> um, so where where are we at? Uh, closer. Closer. Oh. Uh, Banger. Like one of the, I hardly know her. <laughs> Closer is like one of the most iconic songs of the 90s. You know? It's, yeah. Let, let alone Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it. everybody knows that I want to fuck you like an animal. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's that one. You know, the one MTV <laughs> oh, yeah, that couldn't one. play. Yeah. <laughs> they played it. They played it. They just edited the fuck out of it. But yeah. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, because there was a lot of parts of the video as well that were considered, like, really graphic and controversial. So yeah, they, so they it was to... it was played a lot on MTV, but they cut it. Obviously, they edited the words, but then um, they blurred out whenever there was, like, something they didn't want to show. So, right, I so see. You, so you saw most of the video, you would just, things would just be blurred. Yeah. Which is kind of, like, I mean, I get it, but at the, at the same time, you know, you know, for a broadcaster, but... It, it does kind of bastardize the the vision a little bit. I mean, when, the the, the, the censoring the censoring in music video world, especially later in the nineties, got so fucking ridiculous. Where they would, yeah. it wasn't even words that were bad. It was words that they thought could somehow be related to something bad. And there's a, <laughs> there's a. If anyone's out there wants to wants a laugh, try go watching the music video for the song "Stay Fly" by Three Six Mafia because literally the whole song is like, I don't, and then like, like that's literally the, like there's a whole verses where I go, what, are, what is the point of even? And most of the words are not bad words. You know, wow. like they lit- like they Our- literally, like literally at one point cut out the word purple because it's related to, to drink or, okay. you know, the purple yeah. drink, um, which which was, you know, I guess people you should, you're not supposed to be drinking cough syrup or whatever it was it was made out of. <laughs> um, but still, it's like there's so many words where I'm just like, why did they even cut this out? But they would do that. Like they, the, you couldn't say the word gun or, or shoot. Yeah. Or like any of these things, and your your song would just get edited to fuck, and and it's all just MTV trying to avoid lawsuits, obviously. But it's, still, it just it just ends up sounding like that drive through scene from Wayne's World Two, where they're <laughs> yeah. like, "Oh, I'm, are you eager again?" You know, so, <laughs> yep, that's exactly yeah. it. I, yeah, it's yeah. These I love, days, I love it's so. Was, these days, having edited versions of shit is so stupid because like everyone can so redundant. easily access anything. It's like, yeah. I, I got that, I, there was only a few years of my daughter, like, getting into her own music where I was a little like, what are you listening to? And then I finally went, she's going to find this stuff. Why? Yeah. She, 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 she'll she listen to WAP if she wants to. I, I can't do anything <laughs> about it because it's out there. Yeah. <laughs> mean Meanwhile, you've got, you know, uh, Baby Shark, uh, and next thing in the queue is like hand on my gat, like or something like that. You know? I can't can say. Luckily, my daughter was not the right age for Baby Shark because once that was a thing, um, she was Thank already getting God. she was already getting older, and she was like, "No, nah, I'm not into yeah. that kid stuff." So yeah, the the only thing more annoying than Baby Shark is Agadoo. I can't I can't I forgive even, Agadoo. I don't even know I, that, so I, don't tell me about uh, it. Yeah, like. <laughs> As far as the 80s go, that's where I draw the fucking line. <laughs> I'm like, get the hell out of my head, you catchy motherfucker. That's an 80s um, song? Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's like an 80s. It's much more of a British thing. But my oh, God, okay. it's it's so 
fucking catchy that it, it uh, every time it gets stuck in my head, I'm like, I honestly want a 12 gauge facial when I remember that <laughs> song because like I'm thinking to myself, Jesus fucking Christ, get see, this well, now, goddamn now thing I'm out interested. Of my head. I'm gonna have to go look it up and listen to it just well, so just so it, I can see. Do, do it at your own discretion because okay. once it's in there, it takes it takes a hell of a while to get it out. Um, but yeah, with that, back to downward spiral. Let's go further down the spiral. Not that though. That's a remix album. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> yeah <on>. that is. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, that cheeky guitar solo in the middle shouldn't work that well. It actually sounds like a southern rock solo played through the fingers of Kurt Cobain. Mm-hmm. If you kind of catch my drift yeah i love it um the becoming i love the piano on this it's like a john petrucci riff but on a piano you know and then later a synth you know it's very this song always makes me think this could have easily been a, been a prog metal song you know but you know trent being trent he does he makes heavy music in a different way yeah um uh I do not want this. Some very heavily heavy tremolo picked guitar riffs that come out of nowhere in this one. Big man with a gun, unforgiving blast of pure ferocity. Um, and then you get a warm place, which is an unusually tender moment of peace on this album. I, mm-hmm. I could listen to this on repeat for, for hours. You know, I love those dreamy piano notes, but I mean, I've never dug too deep into the stages of this concept album. All I know is it's the descent of a man's sanity, but yeah. I I suppose this would be like, you know, a hit of heroin or something, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I you, know, you know me, I'm not, I don't dig into concepts. Um, I just like yeah. the, the music and, you know, but yeah, there's a concept here. But <laughs> I, I really love this instrumental because I'm, I'm so struck by how pretty it is in, you know, surrounded by so much brutality in terms of like, if you're not in the right mood, it's going to grate on you. But if you are, I'm going to listen to the downward spiral. You're like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like eraser is almost four minutes of building tension, which explodes into one of the albums with metal chugging moments. Like, Mm -hmm. The chugs on on this are very very heavy metal. Uh, Reptile is you know there's frightening apocalyptic sounds all over this one. Uh, the downward spiral calls back to the likes of the end of Piggy with a melody that appears a few times in the album as a bit of a light motif ties it all together. Yep. And then finally, <laughs> they covered a Johnny Cash song. Oh, stop! Yeah. Stop! Stop! <laughs> I knew that would fucking. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. The Johnny yeah. Cash version is great, but yeah. it does not fucking hold a candle to this song. Hmm. This song, it's like yeah. "Hurt" is like one of those songs that's just absolutely perfect. The way, not just the yeah. way that it's written and the way that it's played, but the way that Trent sings each part of the song, it is yeah. fucking perfect. Yeah, it, in all seriousness, this is the perfect way to close this album. Yeah. Especially that, un, you know, it's such a heartbroken, downtrodden song. And then, like, especially the unexpected power chord at the end. S- spoiler alert, but, you know, if, <laughs> if, you're list- if, you, if you're listening to a fucking, you know, podcast about Nine Inch Nails, you know about that end of Hurt. Um, so, yeah, I mean... <sighs> 
it's not hard to see why this is considered their finest moment. Yeah. However, personally, to me, the two above it, I have a slightly stronger personal connection to. Yeah. And that is, that's why. Um, yeah. I, I, have a feel, I have a feeling I know how, how your ranking is going to go and, and ours, it'll be, it's going to be an interesting sort of weaving of albums because my number three is Pretty Hate Machine from 1989. Okay. Um, cool. First off, like you can't say the, the name Pretty Hate Machine without me pointing you and going classic because it is an absolute fucking classic album Mm -hmm. um head like a hole is like one of the best album openers ever Um, that's one of the best songs ever fucking made it's it's so cool it still sounds cool that's the thing about this album is that it's in it's interesting to me how in in certain ways, it sounds a little bit dated, and then in other ways, it actually sounds more groundbreaking today than it did back then. Because you listen to it, yeah. and if you're listening to it and what was going on in the time, like, yeah, there was already other industrial music, but something about this album, it was just like the the liberation of of the dirty synthesizer or or whatever. It's like it's like a it's like heavy heavy music being brought to you in a way that you weren't ready for and not all of it's heavy obviously there's yeah you know down in it is not a fucking heavy song um it's more like an 80s pop tune with some weird discordant notes in it um but it still has the distorted guitar in there i guess you're right you're right it does um so and 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 for me i had never heard anything like this at the time um now to be fair like the for a long time, when when somebody would come to me and say, you know, what is your go-to industrial album? I would always say um, Land of Rape and Honey by Ministry. Uh, because mm-hmm. that one, for me, is the most... Um, because it's because it's pretty grating all the way through. Whereas Pretty 8 Machine yeah. has some 80s synth pop that seeps in to there. Um, yeah. But that being said, though, Pretty Eight Machine did what m- Ministry really never did, which is make music that you could sit brooding in your room when you're brokenhearted and depressed, or it can be at a dance club. There could be songs played because the number of times I was <laughs> out at clubs when I was in my twenties and they played Ring Finger. I'm just you know yeah. It, it's just, so that there's something about this album where it's 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 like taking these elements that on paper maybe you'd go that's gonna that's gonna be jarring. That's not really gonna go together, but it it does in a way that seems like you know it was meant to happen. Um, so. Um, it goes at number three because while I do love every minute of this album, just like with the fragile, there are some songs that haven't aged as well for me. And they kind of, you feel the album take a little bit of a dip for a second. And I go, Oh, all right. This one's, this doesn't have the 10 out of 10, uh, like the rest of the album does. Um, and, and I think this album was tainted by me over the years, meeting so many sad dudes that this was their album. <laughs> And and uh, and what was their and what was every sad dude's favorite song on this album? The uh, the no, something I can something never I have. can never have. Like that yeah. was their theme song, and I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. 
it's and that now that leaves a different taste in my mouth because I'm like, oh, that yeah. was really cute and sad. And now I'm all like, are these incels? Are they going to go it, and it, shoot up a place? It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's a different vibe thing. now. Yeah, it, it, that's the thing. I do love that song. And there have been times, you know, not in an incel way so much as like just if, you know, I was in a bad spot personally and I legitimately, you know, no matter what I did, I just couldn't get to the, you know, a, a level or a place that I wanted to be at the time. And yeah. there was just, you know, life happens, shit gets in the way. Uh, thankfully, I'm in a place now where at least I kind of have my kick-ass fucking studio around me and I can finally start doing band shit again because, you know, at least the world for the most part isn't shackled by the plague. Um, so, you know. It says, says, says the two guys that just got it like a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, but like, if I'm going to catch it from anywhere, I should get it from seeing Kiss, not, you know, being coughed on by some Karen who said, well, why are these fucking carrots not going down to, to 2p? It's like, because that's not 75% off. That's, that's as high as I can go. And then I get COVID from some belligerent dick. Oh and yeah. 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 So with, with that, yeah, sorry. I kind of oh, uh, no, it's, hijacked it's, the, it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you take, taking, taking context that isn't there out of the album. Like I, cause I, I know it's sometimes you do that and we both have, 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 have talked about how sometimes music is tainted by things that it shouldn't be tainted by. Um, yeah. But you take that all out and pretty hate machine. Like, like I said, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an absolute classic and it's, you know, um, I feel like it's an album that's kind of proved its importance time and time again over the years. Cause so, like you said, yeah. so much music, there are still things today that artists are doing that I go, well, that clearly, you know, if you want to draw a line to where that started, it was pretty hate machine. Um, yeah. even, even, you know, metal bands that are int introducing a little bit of industrial stuff. I'm all like, I feel like it all started with Pretty Hate Machine. They, they it, it may not have been the first, but it was the, it was like the the nevermind of uh, of industrial, where you know yeah. it, it really kicked the doors open. Um, so um, also an interesting thing about this album, um, it was the first independent independently released album to ever go triple platinum, which is uh, interesting. Wow. But but it was on a label, a label called TVT Records. Do you know anything about TVT Records? I'm going to be honest here. No. Okay. So TVT stands for TV Tunes because what they were known for prior to this was putting out compilations of television theme songs. And I actually no way. I actually knew that because my older brother had a, a compilation I think was called Television's Greatest Hits. And it had... Uh, All yeah. these theme songs from the 50s, 60s, 70s, uh, most of most of them, the original, some re-recorded versions. Um, but they but they were known as TV tunes because that's what they put out. Novelty albums with TV show theme songs. And so I remember when this album came out, I'm all like T TVT, like the the TV show is <laughs> the one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, and, and obviously they signed other artists and became a more of a legit label. Um, although I don't think it exists anymore, but, um, and apparently Trent Reznor didn't like the label cause he tried to get out of it real fucking quick. 
Um, <laughs> which is which is a little bit documented. Um, I brought I've I I will bring up this miniseries anytime I can because it's one of the best ever made. Um, it's called the Defiant Ones, and it's essentially about Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre, um, and their lives mm-hmm. and their careers and how they eventually intertwine with each other. But um, Jimmy Iovine they, and Trent Reznor, like they talk about the whole thing of Jimmy Iovine trying to get Trent out of his contract with TVT and being so persistent to get Trent on board on on Inter- Interscope, I guess was it it was it yeah. at the time. Um, but that entire that entire miniseries is absolutely great. But that but the wow. the Nine Inch Nails section is is uh, is very cool. Anyway. Pre A Machine classic. I mean, if if you have there's a top 100 best <laughs> albums ever made, and this album isn't on it, um, that's weird <laughs> because it's uh, but it's, it's not wrong. my. But to me, it's not the best Nine Inch Nails album. It's it's only number three. So I mean, that's that's um, those are strong words. It's a high praise, as they say. So um, Fine. I have a weird feeling that we're going to have the same number two. Let's find out. Let's let's go for it. Uh, three, two, one, broken, broken. Hey, <laughs> yeah, was a there little, we go. It was a little bit off, but, uh, uh yeah, broken is also is, my number two. Well, cool. Let's just camp out in broken zone. Let's Bam. do this. Yep. Cool. Uh, so without a doubt, their most metal release, you know, you, how, how I got it, into them. Yeah. Yeah, if if you're gonna call anything by Nine Inch Nails industrial metal, then this is it. Yeah, this is this is a hard left into guitar driven stuff. Um, Pinion right out of the gate is just this ascending distorted power chord intro. Yeah, which you know it's it is what it is. It's just a little intro. But what it does is just it builds up and builds up and builds up, and then you get fucking wish, dude. Like what an absolute which is ripper. Everything that I said about March of the Pigs, I you can say the exact same thing about Wish. It is one of the coolest songs ever. Ferocious, yeah, song. And and it's that's the thing about it's it's like a the. I find it hard to explain in a way that's. I feel like how I'm going to describe it is going to be it's going to do it a disservice because it's much more than that. Yeah. But it's like, it's like an EDM producer made a metal album, but for some reason it's just really fucking good. You know, and like you want to you want to know? I don't know if you've ever heard this in Wish, but but if you take the 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 songwriting of Wish, the way the verses play out. It's almost you could literally make a blues version of the song because it's got that thing yeah. where he just he sings a line and then the band comes in with yeah. I guess I wouldn't, you know, blues yeah. or whatever. But it, it does have that sort of <laughs> the blues like sort of I don't know what what you would call that style of song where it's you yeah. know, somebody would sing a line and be like like it's it has that quality where it's like it takes like, takes like a classic element of songs that have been written for 50 years and just makes yeah. it this big ass chaotic song I tell you what, I feel the same way about Sweating Bullets. For some reason I always got like a a, a blues vibe from that song. Yeah, yeah t- for it, sure. And it it's in the songwriting rather than the actual musicianship. I mean, it, it, it essentially but. is a bird. 
you know, hello, yeah. meet, meet we'll the real just me. just keep on thinking it's my fault. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, oh, man, last yeah. heaviest song they've ever done? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Like, God damn. They, if, if anything, it's just a crushing, like, Especially when they they go into the da 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 like that. But then you get you know help me I'm in hell, which is like a first glimpse at Nine Inch Nails, more soundtracky stuff. You know, wild to think this is 1992 because this album, to me, it's one of those that I look at everything else coming out in 1992. This is a year where hair metal is still hanging on. And stuff like this that sounds like it could have come out 10 years later. Yeah. Is, well, that was that, we've talked about this before. That's why the early 90s were so great because you had stuff that still retained some of the things that we love about the 80s, but other stuff that was just ahead of its time and other stuff that was very of its time all happening all at the same time, all great music. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a great time. It's. I just wish 1992 just could have lasted forever, man. Which was 30 yeah. years ago now. Damn, dude. Someone, someone should wind back the fucking clock and let, let's... I don't care if I'm a fucking sperm. Let's go back to 92. <laughs> <laughs> um, It'd be weird for yeah. us to hang out because I'd be 14 and you'd be a sperm. I don't know how our relationship would work, but... You just carry me around on a little vial around your neck. <laughs> He's like, hey guys, meet Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> he lives around my neck. Tr- trust me, one day this is going to be a really cool dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's like Borat carrying around the jar of gypsy tears to protect me from AIDS. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, so yeah, you get Help Me, I'm in Hell. Is like, It's like a... F- yeah, I've done this one. Uh, happiness in slavery is what I meant mm-hmm. to say. It's brutal in the sense that everything is so loud and distorted. Like, I love it, f- but it was a grower for me because I'd never heard anything quite like it at the time. Oh, so, yeah. so initially, you know, I was used to things being brutal because they were heavy, not because they were so fucking gnarly and in your, f- in your face, you know? Yeah. So that one... It wasn't a skipper, but it took me a while to oh, warm I, up to it. I love that song, but I cannot, I cannot disconnect it from the music video. It will, it will always be connected to the music video because it's. I saw it. They wouldn't play it on MTV. They played it on mm. the local access channel that played music video. They had a music video show. I've talked about it sometimes on my channel, um, but they played. The, have you seen the Happiness and Slavery video? I seem to have forgotten it, but I so it's it's literally seeing the band is not in it. It is a guy who walks into a room, takes his clothes off, lays down in a contraption, and con- starts to be tortured by the contraption in all these different ways, including at the very end, what you assume to be his dick getting ripped off. <laughs> it's Damn. like it is like it, it it's so. I mean, probably by today's standards, it's probably pretty lightweight. But in ninety two, ninety three, whenever I saw it, I was just like. This is the most insane thing I've ever seen. And so whenever I hear wow. the song, I just think of that music video. And Fuck, uh, man. and the, the, at the end of the music video, like the you know, the 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 guy has now been the the, the the contraption encloses on him and he gets ground down like beef 
out of this thing. Whoa. And then all of a sudden the thing the thing goes back to normal and another guy who is Trent Reznor comes into the room and starts taking off his clothes. That's the end of the video. So uh, I, I need to I need to remind myself of that disturbing stuff. Yeah, I, it's yeah. it's a, it's it, I mean it's a cool thing. I love that song, but yeah, but there's I some it, my brain will always flash towards the dude getting tortured. <laughs> you you just have a fucking nom flashback every time that song yeah. comes on, man. Yeah, it's like, a, it, it's it, I mean I watched so much stuff when I was young that I should never have watched yeah. at that age, and I'm sure it turned me into the <laughs> weirdo that I am today. But still. <laughs> I mean, if you weren't traumatized as a teenager seeing that shit, we may not be here now. Yeah, it's very true. <laughs> but yeah, we got uh, we got gave up <sighs> the double kick feel and the killer chorus makes me want to stage dive into a sea of flailing the, arms, dude. This is this yeah. and last are tied for favorite songs here. Like goddamn, I love the love the chorus. You know that it took you to make me realize. Yeah. You know, I that almost feels to me like this song feels like Metallica could do a killer cover of it. You know, oh, probably yeah, because or some, some metal Metallica, band, yeah. yeah, I I don't know. It's it's it just always struck me as like one of their more punky covers. Mm-hmm. That would this would feel right at home. You know, yeah, that real punky but metallic thing at the same time. Uh, now, on the uh, CD version of the album, or at least the one I've got, there's like 93 second tracks of empty space between the six tracks, which yeah. technically turns this into an EP with nearly 100 song tracks or, on it. <laughs> origi- originally, and one of my good friends at the time had this version of the album where it was a CD and then a mini CD. Yeah, you know, they had used to make like said. the three inch CDs or whatever. And that's mm-hmm. how that's how you would have listened to the last two tracks. It was just the regular EP, kind of like this, where the, this vinyl yeah. is the proper EP, and this is the the last two tracks. Um, but I hear I, I don't think they made very many of those. Hopefully, my friend held on to it because I'm sure it's probably worth money. But I don't know. Yeah, I I mean you know Nine Inch Nails are you know they they, they do a little trolling every now and again. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but you got two covers here, physical. Well, you're so. One of them is a legit cover. The other one's not really. Well, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's technically a cover, but yeah, it's also an original in because, a weird yeah, cause, way. Because the pig face ver- oh, let's do Let's do physical first, the Adam and the Ants cover. Yeah. So this is a chugging, heavy-ass cover of the Adam and Ants song. I really like it. it it's, it's just another reason why I love this um, EP is yeah. because it's just... It, it, it is like... They, it's what I want them to do again, but with a different genre. You know, they decided, you know what, let's go all in on this vibe with this album. Yeah. As a, as a stopgap between, you know, basically, um, Depeche Mode, but depressed. Uh, then let's <laughs> depressed <you> know, mode. <laughs> depressed mode. <laughs> yeah. There's the tagline um, for Pretty Hate Machine. Depressed mode. Depressed mode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know immediately follow that up with, do you know what? Let's be a metal band for an EP, and then we're gonna go like really wild and experimental on the next one. But here's the thing, right? It's it's like we said last time, the Nine Inch Nails color palette built so much over time yeah that now nowadays in more recent times trent just like cherry picks parts from 
all ends of the spectrum. Yeah. And because he does so many things all in one go, I'm not surprised by anything anymore. Yeah. Because it's all... I know he can do everything. So when he does everything, it's just more of him doing everything. So, but, um, you know, Suck is technically a cover of the song by Pigface, which is a group which once included Reznor in the lineup. Well, even that particular song, Trent Reznor is the vocalist on the original song Suck, only the music is completely different because according to him, the music wasn't finished. The song, he, he had recorded vocals over a track that wasn't intended to be the rele- the final version. So yeah, um, from what I read, according to Trent, um, his real intention for the song is much closer to the one that's here. So you could say it's a, it's a Trent Reznor original, but I don't I don't know what all went into the original writing of the song. Yeah, um, because he does. I think he does say pig face in like the writing credits. So you know, right? It is what it is. But um, I I like that song's great. Yeah. It's it's a really cool EP, and it's like it's one of those rare times that they kind of just honed in on one thing and just fucking killed it. Yeah. Um. T- for me, for sheer lasting enjoyment, this could easily be number one for me because yeah. it's I it it never loses any of its if it's uh if it's enjoy, enjoyment and its energy it's it's always it's always a great listen. Um I'd put it in like you know a list of the best EPs ever made. Um Yeah. Because Agreed. like so many like the the idea of the EP for the most part a, a lot of times it seems like it's just a small collection of songs sometimes like you say like a stopgap between two things. But there's those yeah. rare occasions where a band puts a hundred percent into an EP. Um, Jar of Flies is another one that comes to mind. Um, yeah, and and, and I, for some reason, like being a guy that likes shorter albums, if if a band would come out with one fucking killer five to six track EP a year or every other year, I'd be fine. Like you don't. Yeah you don't need to give me an album as long as, as long as you've literally taken your, your a game and thrown it on an EP. I'm happy with that. Um, Noted. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact, and the fact that, um, yeah, the fact that like the, it's, it, it, it is an EP, but to me, it holds so much weight in the nine inch nails category, because if you compare this to pretty hate machine, pretty hate machine has elements that sound very dated. This one, they went from that album to this, which if you play it for some kid today, they're not going to know this is 1992. They are not going to know that. Um, And so the fact that they made or he made that big of a step where he's just like, you know, all right, now I'm it's almost like he kind of shedded his his influences from being such, you know, worn on his sleeve, which I think he did a lot on on Pretty Hate Machine. And then all of a sudden, this is just like a statement of, um, all right, here's Nine Inch Nails. And um, that's why it's so amazing. It's it's perfect. It it, it is an EP that if if in somebody's ranking it was number one, I'd be like, I absolutely understand why it would be number one. Um, But it's our number two. And we have um, very different number ones, although, you know, just a few years apart, really. But yeah, um, we we have the same top three. So, yeah, so um, yeah. I'll, let, I'll let you jump into your uh, your number one Nine Inch Nails album. 
Cool. So my number one Nine Inch Nails album is 1989's Pretty Hate Machine. And the reason I love this album so goddamn much is because the thing that this album taught my 15-year-old metalhead brain was that things didn't have to be played on a guitar to be heavy. Yeah. And the bass line to Head Like a Hole alone showed me that. Yeah. So yeah, Head Like a Hole, probably my favorite Nine Inch Nails song. Like, it's an anthemic banger. Every single section of this song is just pure hook. Not one part of it is wasted time. Not one part is unmemorable. The whole thing is just a perfectly crafted thing that just kicks ass right the way through. Um, But it's a very busy song. And then immediately you follow that up with Terrible Lie, which in stark contrast to the density of information rhythmically and sonically happening in the opener, this one relies on just a two-chord riff in the verses, and it's brilliant. And when, you know, the Terrible Lie, all of the other cerebral shit starts happening, but there's just that bah, bah. Yeah. Once again, once again, you can make that you can yeah. make that blues comparison there to yeah. that. That's real. Now, now that I'm really like looking at a lot of his songs, I'm like, yeah, he could he, you could basically do a little blues version of this. This is where Trent's like, you couldn't leave well enough. <laughs> I've been a secret sorry. blues musician all these years, and we finally cracked the code. But he but he throws in that song is a, I think I think I even mentioned this because we did it in 1989 and we talked about Pretty Hate Machine. But yeah. um, it, like if you were going to if I was going to list like the character characteristics of things that I love about Nine Inch Nails, um, it's the 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 very end of Terrible Lie where all of a sudden there's that melody that doesn't seem to work, but does that like that yeah. whole part. I'm always every time I hear it, I'm like, this is so perfect. But mm. if you really like listen to it, you're like, it's a weird grouping of notes, mm. but it just sounds so cool. And he does that like that's. You know, he was he's he's really important to me in in being that opening my brain up to like how weird ideas can become beautiful ideas, you know, and yeah. so I don't know. It's great. Oh, man. It, down, down in it, you get this industrial spoken word and the delivery resembles hip hop, but there's so much more of a poetry thing going on with his yeah. lyrics. And you know, the bridge of this song is the highlight to me. I used to be so big and strong. I used to know my right from wrong. Like when that go when that happens on, it's just like, yeah, yeah, fuck, go off, yeah. And um, dude, sanctified. This so could have been one of the Doom games from the nineties, like one mm-hmm. of the more ambient tracks. I love it. It's it's really cool. Uh, and then you get, as you say, the. Uh, Sad dude song? Yeah, the sad dude song that, you know, sadly has, you know, could be easily hijacked by an incel. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. Uh, If you're listening to this and you're an incel, cringe. Fuck off. Stop that. Stop that right now. (laughs) You are not the most important thing in the world. Get over yourself. No. Maybe maybe work on yourself, you know, and, and, you know, stop being such a belligerent dick. Well, I mean, it, 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 I think yeah. it boils down to... Bla- hammer that home. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think it's, I think it boils down to don't blame other people for yeah. yourself. Like, it's like, 
That, I, mean, I, I can, you know, I can understand like, you know, being, I mean, let's not get into this. <laughs> so it seems like a real slippery yeah. slope because I realize that a lot of those people are, are people with problems and sad individuals. And I can't, I as, as much as, you know, I'm not a great looking dude in a lot of people's eyes. I haven't had to, to, to go through that kind of life. So I, mm. I understand, you know, feeling like the world is against you. Um, but at the same time, I think it's very important to take a step back and be like, look, um, blaming other people isn't the answer um, to, to everything. Yeah. I, I think the best way I can uh, sum it up in just like a saying is that, you know, saying, speaking as someone who has at one point been very angry with the world and, you know, felt like the world was against them. I had a real hard time in high school, you know. Mm-hmm. I never shot anybody, thankfully, but, you know, I can turn around and say, hurt people hurt people. And, hey. you know, that's, there, there is that thing of, you, you got to step back and examine what made them do that. They've probably got shit lives too, you know, and, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, you know, I think, I think my mom always says, every pot has a lid and, you know. You know, and basically what that is, is that, you know, there's someone out there for you. You just got to work on yourself and not be well, a belligerent I, dick. I, I'm, yeah. I'm actually kind of I'm actually kind of against that kind of thinking because there are people that never find someone. <laughs> so that, that's, that is and, true. And some people are perfectly cool with it and some people are not. And I feel for those people. Yeah. But but yeah, I just the, I think my problem is any extremist viewpoint about anything. Um, that's where I'm. That's where I'm going with it. Because yeah. it's it, we, it gets to the conversations that we have a lot about gray areas, and there's never just one answer. It, it nothing. Mm. It just not everything is really fucking simple. Um, and uh, but, but it sucks. I don't have the I don't have the answers. I don't know yeah. how how to how to help people. I mean, I guess I'd be a therapist if I if I did, but I don't. I just I just want this on paper. Extremism is cringe. Eddie Sparks, twenty twenty two. Yeah, I'm I'm down yeah. with you, um, yeah. <laughs> but we we love extreme in our music. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that's when it's not cringe. Maybe maybe this. not lyrically speaking, but you know, musically yeah. speaking, um, <laughs> extreme is usually pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> cue the anal cunt song. Hitler <laughs> <laughs> was a sensitive man. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's do something I can never have. Uh, a big old spacious piano. Great. It's a great song. Ballad. Yeah, it's it's really cool, moody, and atmospheric. It's just you know through the lens of twenty twenty two, and you know fucking incels. <laughs> We've, yeah, uh, yeah. With that, something I can never have. Cool song, uh, which has you know unfortunately been tainted. It doesn't have, to be. doesn't have to no, be. It doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, like like you say, some things can get kind of fucky through association. You know. Yeah. But um, if we were kinda, perfect, want, if we were perfect people, that would never happen. But no, no, we are not. We are flawed. All of us. Every one of us. Yeah. Not one of us is perfect. Mm. I. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Except for Trent Reznor, he looks. Yeah, you know, come on, man, uh, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's pretty perfect. Yeah, true. Um, so, kind of, I want to. I love this song. It's badass. Yeah, I, I, I love the groove to it. Um, 
I love the really like you know gnarly mm. thing yep. going on. Sin, I love this song even more. I would say it's it's in my top five Nine Inch Nails songs. Yeah, I'd say you know I can categorically say Last gave up, Head Like a Hole, and uh, Sin and Heresy. Boom, top five right out of the gate. Those are my top five. Uh, I just fucking love Sin. It's so good. Um, that's what I get. Now, these next two tracks are probably the strangest and most unique on the album. They're weird, but cool. Um, you know, that's what I get. And the only time, same goes for this one. But I, re- I remember the first time, like, I was... I heard Ring Finger. It wasn't the first time I heard Ring Finger, but it was the first time that I realized it has a perfect walking pace. Oh. I remember get. I remember getting off of the bus on my way home from school when I was about 15 and walking perfectly in step with the entire song on my way to my house. And I just thought to myself... Maybe that's why I would hear it in dance clubs because it's got a, yeah. it's got a good beat for that. It's so fun. But, you know, it's, it's just cool to have this, like, rock-oriented, dark synth-pop album that's super, like, accessible and yeah. hooky but also really heavy mm-hmm. uh, and you know it's I kind of I look at my ranking and I'm kind of disheartened that you know 7 to 1 is a pretty clear backwards trajectory Yeah, but you know as I said my top 4 on any given day any of those top 4 could be that number 1 so um, I'm just going with a gut instinct and pro- yeah. probably and probably the amount of times I've listened to an album. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. With that, over to you. Okay, I've wrapped up mine. Yeah, I, f- I feel I feel like we both have number ones that are pr- pretty normal to be um, on the number one of lists. Um, yeah, m- m- mine being the downward spiral from 1994. <laughs> Fucking normies. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, like we've said many times, there are uh, classic albums are are classic for a reason. Um, yeah. And it just, just like everything, you know, like like popular bands are popular for a reason. Whether or not you like mm. it is that's a different story. Um, but um, Downward Spiral, like like you said, like it really expands on the Nine Inch Nails sound um, where they get more experimental. But they have like f- fucking killer you know, like rockers like March of the Pigs. And then you, yeah. get, a, you get a little bit of classic 90s with Closer. Um, which, you know, that's when you think about that, the fact that song became a hit, that's kind of odd. The, the whole thing about it is odd, but it's just a fucking great song. Yeah. Um, but overall, like this is such I think when it comes to to Nine Inch Nails, this is the most dynamically exciting album that they that he ever did. Um, and it has something f- of everything Nine Inch Nails related. I feel like. Yeah. Like when we talk about the palette, I feel like this was the beginning of like him it being kind of fully formed, and then you know parts yeah. of it maybe expanded a little bit, but I think downward spiral is like the ultimate statement of everything that was possible with with nine inch nails. Um, I, I and on top of that, this goes number one for me because. I think it's the obvious entry point for anybody who's trying to get into Nine Inch Nails um, because of all of that. 
because like you get things that are the the heavier industrial, you get stuff that's a little more experimental. Um, yeah. And, 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 and just think overall, it's probably the most perfectly constructed nine inch nails album, just the way everything flows because you have accessible songs and challenging songs all kind of seamlessly threaded into a, an album that is almost kind of unexpectedly enjoyable. Like yeah. going into it, 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 you know, you w- wouldn't think like, man, this just is so fun to listen to, even though it is an album apparently about a guy losing his mind. Um, so, um, and Unlike some other things that we talked about, like for me, this album has only grown better over the years. There's no part of this album where I go, well, that didn't age very well. I feel like every aspect of this album is pretty much perfect. I feel like it's kind of an unmatched work of art in its genre, right? You know, it's like the, I don't know, the fucking Mona Lisa of industrial (laughs) alternative rock albums because it's just like i i mean you know everyone's you know like a lot of people are influenced by pretty hate machine sure but i feel like when it comes to the goal like you know as a person that you know that still loves the idea of an album i feel like downward spiral is one of the best examples of what is possible in the that the idea of the album um, yeah. and, and it's a goal of like, could you make something that's that good that has that kind of dynamics, that kind of variety, but also still feel like a cohesive statement of an artist at a particular time. Um, I just think it's, it's, it's unfuck withable and it ends with hurt, which is fucking one of the best album closers. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, I mean, we've, we've, all the things that you said about the album, like I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I just, yeah, for some, this is the one for me that, um, I feel like coming at it from different angles, coming at it from me enjoying it and coming out of it, at it from an angle of picking it apart for what it is and what makes it up. Um, yeah, I feel like this one is just a, it's a no brainer <laughs> for, for a number one. Yeah, um, I'm I'm not surprised at all that it's your it's your number one because like from a from like a songwriting perspective and from like an experimentation perspective, it's clear to see that this is the one that's the most cohesive. Yeah, dis- despite being batshit insane at nearly every fucking turn. Well, I think uh, yeah, I because I, I I'm I'm not a per- I don't just like experimentation for experimentation's sake. I like when experimentation is oddly accessible. Like, yeah, exactly. If you, if you can pull that off, if you can pull off something that isn't expected, that isn't just cookie cutter or isn't playing to a to what some audience wants, and at the same time making an, an album that so many people can get into, yeah. I mean, that's fucking, that's, that's what it's all about right there, musically speaking, because, you know, as, as much as people want to say, you know, we make music for ourselves. Yeah, you're also making it for other people, because otherwise, why yeah. put it? Why put it out? Um, so if you can please both, if you can do that, if you can make a statement of like, you know, I don't I don't know. I, I, I haven't really heard Trent talk about this album in years, but I'm assuming he's probably pretty proud of it. But if yeah. you can put something out there where you go, I'm so proud of this and this is everything I wanted to do. And it's it's my vision. And the whole world goes fucking a. <laughs> then uh yeah <laughs> that's it that's the dream that is the dream oh, as an yeah. artist so uh so yeah that's my number one 
wrapping up the Nine Inch Nails discography. So here we have to do this one. Three, two, two. one. Yeah! yeah we, we did, did it! it! Well, Fuck yeah. <coughs> How does Jaw oh, do it? I don't know. Mixed um, with a little bit of hip hop so <laughs> we do. We do. Um. <laughs> <coughs> Damn, dude, that really took him out. Holy it, shit. Am it, I going to have to land this I'm plane? Still, I've, still got <laughs> left, I've still got leftover COVID from in my throat. It's funny, actually, you should mention that because like, it seems whenever we have throat trouble, it, it happens at the same time because yeah. we both got COVID at the same time. And then today, my friend at work made me wheeze laugh so fucking hard that my throat has <laughs> has literally gone back to just this shit. Yeah. Although I will say, uh, being getting COVID made my voice a little sexier. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. Um, for both of us, I, I'm I'm actually finally at the point now. It's been is it fucking been three weeks since I first tested positive, and I, I this weekend is the first time that I finally feel pretty normal. Like I, I had a long, the long COVID or whatever. It was like really little bits of it just stuck around. Um, Damn. And so, uh, so, but no, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot better. Just get a little bit of the itchy throat left over. Yeah. Within a day of testing negative, I was pretty much back to normal. I, I, I think I had a sore nose from all of the tissues and that. Yeah. Aside from that, you know, I was pretty much normal. Yeah. I mean, I got allergy issues anyway. Welcome to the end of the oh, show yeah. where we just talk about being sick and stuff like that. It's you know, <laughs> it's only for the peanut butter platypuses. You you get to hear us talk about our medical issues. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, that being said, this has been a long one, so um, we'll we'll get out of your hair. Thank you very much for being here. Um, we are going to be back next week with another band. Um, a little, definitely a different vibe, different time period. Yeah. Um, uh, should be fun. Um, mm. but, uh, we've got a lot more in store for you guys. So, um, hopefully you're digging this stuff. Um, yeah. So thanks everyone for sticking around and listening to part two of, uh, of this cranked and ranked. Do you have anything to add before we get the fuck out of here? Uh, it, uh nah, nah, this has been real fun. Yeah. Digging back into, digging back into Nine Inch Nails has been a really rewarding thing. Cause you know, I've gone back i've really found myself camping out in the fragile zone you know yeah. i've just been going going back over and over that album in particular and i know it's i know it came in at number four but you know when you have one of those moments where all of a sudden an album that maybe didn't so much click before just suddenly does i'm ha- really having that right now with the fragile oh yeah 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 i, I have that often with uh, with random albums that and, and that's mm. I, I, for, for me that's like one of the best feelings in the world because it's like it's almost like something you know becoming it's, it's like it's like you're getting paid for something that like you in the, in the in the past you like did it for free and now all of a sudden yeah. all of a sudden you're getting reimbursed you're like hey <laughs> this is worth it nice anyway <clears throat> so yeah Thank you all very much for joining us for Crankton Rank. We'll be back next week. And as usual, tossing it over to Mr. Eddie Sparks to take us out. Doesn't it make you feel later, dude? (laughs) (laughs) Cool.